We are live. We are recording. Uh, I want to welcome you guys to the show. Uh, today we're doing things a little different. And normally I have a guest on and we talk about all the good old days and all that kind of stuff. And uh, just today we're doing a bit of a town hall feel to it. So if you guys aren't familiar with what a town hall is, uh, basically, you know, people of the community get together and they talk about it and try and figure out maybe a solution to a lot of the problems that we're seeing right now, especially on the West Coast. So again, I want to welcome everybody to the show. You are watching Northwest Exposure. And if you want to call in, we'll take calls in just a little bit. I want to go through some of the comments that were posted earlier when I posted this. But when it will be time to call in, I'll announce it again. But my phone number is 503-BMX-1234. That's 503-BMX-1234. So I want to give you guys a bit of a heads up. Uh, Some of you guys from the Northwest obviously know me well. Uh, Some of the newer families and stuff in California might not know my background and and what I've been doing my whole life, but uh, I'll give you guys a quick kind of rundown on why I feel like, you know, I can talk about this this kind of stuff and I've been doing this for a long time. So I'll give you guys a rundown. My name is Adam Treadwell. I race 3640 Expert, but I started racing when I was three years old at Bear Creek BMX in Medford, Oregon, where I live now. And uh, my mom ran the track, was one of the track operators and track treasurer, secretary, the announcer, all that kind of good stuff. My brothers raced as well and sister. So I started in 1983. My brothers and sister started in 1978. So my mom, who passed away back in 2005, was affiliated in NBMX from 83 to 2005. So I then, of course, moved up to Portland in 87. I started racing in 83, like I said, moved up to Portland in 87, raced up there at Rose City BMX. My mom, again, was one of the track people you know, anywhere from treasurer, secretary, always announcing and that kind of thing until it closed down. And then myself, my mom and uh, Shirley Daniels and another guy, I can't remember his name, Dan Roberts, all started Mount Hood Valley BMX, which then became Rose City, or which then became Alpenrose BMX. And that was in Portland. So as far as my local scene goes, it was all the way to there, and then once Alpenrose closed down, uh, we ended up moving down to Salem. I ran a track in Salem from 2008 to 2012. We won the state finals in 2012, biggest state finals Oregon has ever seen, uh, possibly ever, definitely in the recorded history. So, uh, you know, I was the track operator. My wife was the everything else, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we did a lot for what what I feel for the Northwest BMX during that time that we ran that track. I then moved down here to Medford again, got, you know, affiliated built tracks with USA BMX, uh, built tracks for them for quite a few years, I think about five years, was on the national crew of building tracks, uh, built tracks throughout the Northwest and Oregon, and then helped start up the uh, indoor and Grants Pass building that track. So I also have, you know, background in track building and, you know, building up programs as well. And then we go into the team stuff and I ran it to bike national bike shop team from 2010 to 2017 and, uh, or sorry, no, 2006, yeah, 17, because this year is 2018. So until 2017. So as far as the nationals go, I have a very good aspect on and look on, you know, what races we can get to from the Northwest, what kind of races are on the Western half of the country, and all that kind of stuff as well. 
So, and, uh, you know, traveling all over the country, running a team as well as that. And then my pro career started in 2003, went through a pro vet pro pro cruiser and all that stuff until 2015 was my last year in pro. So I also raced pro for a very long time. And then going into my coaching and, you know, clinic time, I've been doing it for 20 years, coaching and training athletes and, you know, multiple national champions, multiple world championships and all that kind of stuff. So I am also a trainer, a local, local track coach trainer at times as well. So building fundamentals in riders and building fundamentals in the local scene, which of course, yes, we're talking the national scene, but we all know that it starts at the local scene. So I've been doing this my entire life. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the reason why I wanted to do this as well, this whole town hall type of deal is because, you know, in the past, and I watched it again every year, ever since the merger happened, ever since uh, USA BMX became USA BMX and was no longer ABA and MBL, ever since that happened, we've been seeing the western half of the country get less and less for nationals. And, uh, you know, and a, a lot of us post, you know, we instantly get on Facebook and, you know, post what we feel about it and all that kind of stuff, which honestly, I don't think it goes on ears that are open very often. So, uh, you know, and plus everybody is always, you know, in one chat room here, another chat room here, another post there, another post there. And, you know, it's all over the place. And, and if I was a company owner, like if I was USAPMX, I'd look at that and just be like, man, it's all over the board. You know, nobody's really putting in a good focused effort on trying to let us know how they feel about it other than now there's angry people and it's like the mob is angry. And so what I really wanted to do is make a platform for everybody on the Western half of the country to talk about this and really hone in on what the problem is and what we can do to fix it. And I, you know, I'm not one to, uh, hope and pray that, you know, USA BMX is gonna, you know, make big changes just because, of what we're talking about. And a lot of these changes that we're going to talk about today are going to be things that we at the local scene and we as coaches and trainers and track operators and all this kind of stuff and team managers can try and do to help grow the sport again on the Western half of the country. Cause it, it, it is lower. I mean, it is a smaller scene than what it used to be. So we'll get further into that too. But um, just to give you guys kind of a heads up, I'll give you some numbers that I came up with. And this is from 2018 to 2019. If you go further back, it just it's the same scale all the way back. But in 2018, the western half of the you know, the western part of the country. Now, not tech savvy enough quite yet. I maybe could have, you know, checked it out and figured it out online, but I did make a map which should see if I can get it into the right spot. Um, you know, Gmo actually posted this and this is and Gmo just joined. So Gmo, this is why I tagged you because you posted this to, and I don't know why you posted it. Maybe you posted it because you just wanted people to see what the nationals look like on the map, or maybe you were being kind of a, you know, mean and hearted and being like, Hey, look, Western half of the country, you guys suck. So I don't know what you were posting it for exactly, but you can see that this is this year's schedule and you have the Western half of the country there, or sorry, (laughs) 
it's a mirrored the western half of the country over here and it's showing you know kind of the dots and what races midwest and then east and if you look at a map honestly you should just split it in half um east coast guys can easily get to the midwest locations west coast guys cannot get to the midwest easily except for maybe new mexico and uh, if you look at that it just kind of just shows you immediately like we should be thinking of things as a half and not in thirds because you know like i said the east coast guys they can easily get over there to the midwest as where the west coast guys getting east and midwest is very difficult so couple numbers for you guys. In 2018, the western half of the country had 10 nationals. This year, we have eight. Now, this is not counting the Canadian nationals and Canadian races. Uh, in 2018, like I said, it was 10. 2019, it was eight. In 2018, Midwest had seven nationals. This year, they have eight. For next year, sorry, for 2019. On the East Coast, in 2018, they had 10 nationals. And in 2019, they will have 11 nationals. Same amount of nationals, 27 nationals per year. So immediately, you just see that Oregon and Washington both, both lost a national. Um, the other nationals, for the most part, all stayed the same, other than uh, it switched up Lemoore to Santa Clara. And then we lost Roseville, and we lost the Northwest National up in Washington. So Northwest guys are feeling this, this hit a lot you know, a lot more than anyone else, honestly, especially if you're in Washington, um, you know, and, and a lot of people post it on and say, well, you got Canada. Well, Canada, you have to remember, you have to mirror those. So if you have five firsts and you can't use all, or even if you have eight firsts from Canada, you also have to have eight finishes or eight entries into the U S nationals. So you would have had to hit 16 nationals in just a year. So I'm going to repeat that. If you'd get eight firsts, in Canada for your, your year's score going into grands, those only can count for matching them with U.S. races. So therefore, you would have had to run 16 races, so maybe, you know, 8 to 10 national weekends, but 16 races to get those eight wins out of Canada. And Canada last year had five nationals in B.C. Now, mind you, some of them are pretty, you know, one or two of them are pretty far north, not all of them. But at the same time, that's five nationals, yes, just in BC, where as even on the, you, on the East Coast, they still added three Canadian nationals, three to four, I think it was, on the East Coast in, in just Canada. So you also have that aspect of it, too. The East Coast does bump up in nationals as well as the West Coast, and of course, not much in the mid. So, uh, and, okay, so Andy Andre just posted on here, it's all about the money in USA Pocketbook. So that's not what this is about. That's that that's not going to help us. Like us just being like, oh, ABA just wants more money, ABA this and that. We'll get further into how nationals are awarded to tracks and how they choose, but that's not what this is about because that's not going to fix the problem. And the problem is is that we're losing nationals on the West Coast. So what are we going to do to get some of them back? Or what are we going to do to show that we deserve them again. Now, last year, Roseville didn't have very many good, very good rider count, or I should say this year, so 2018. So, But we will get further into that kind of stuff. But keep in mind, I don't want this to be just some bash vest of USA BMX. I want this to be something productive. 
and something that that helps us on the west coast not makes us look like you know that the troublemakers out there in the northwest or the west coast because honestly that's what a lot of them think of us as another point too is you know in the past i've also done this where i've posted you know the map and being like what what the heck you know and uh you know why don't we have any nationals and this and that and um it doesn't it doesn't seem like it does any good so maybe just maybe we can all come together and figure out something that will work for the western half of the country rather than just complaining to USA BMX about it so another point that i wanted to make is that like i said california lost the national and washington lost the national now this is this is just a little bit like i'll i'll have calls come in and all and more comments come in soon but this is the way i see why people go to nationals what people love about nationals and how they become successful so in washington alone we we used to have pasco and which was an indoor national in the tri cities area and it went really well it went from I think it was about 2000 to 2006 and uh it was really great but it had a long longevity and a long period of time and it brought in a lot of motos it brought in a lot of riders and whatnot which i honestly believe is the key to all of this which is tradition and our sport thrives on tradition it thrives on you know, people wanting to go back to that place or maybe even not racing all year, but they, they have got that one national that they just love going to because they see all their friends at one time a year and it creates a tra- tradition. And so we had that Pasco race and it was great. It, it did. It kind of created a tradition and people were coming out from all over the Northwest, California and everywhere else. And then it went to Redmond. Now, it's been in Redmond, I believe, since 2008. Or it could have been 2007. But I got I couldn't find exactly which year it started. Unless I didn't have time to. So, But that's been going on for 10 or 11 years. Now, that is one of the biggest races on the West Coast other than Vegas. And it brings in huge amounts of motos, which is great. But for the Northwest riders, it does kind of suck. Which I'll go into. But... It's been going on now for a lot of years, is my point. And it's a tradition now for people to go to Redmond. And it creates more motos, it creates more family, you know, atmosphere, because people have been going for so long, and all that kind of thing. And it's a great facility and a great track always. So, then you got Washington, where we got back into having outdoor nationals, and you had uh, uh, Richland. Richland had a national for a couple years. It didn't get great moto count, but it started making a little headway right off the bat because it was an amazing facility, great track, great people running it. Um, And then some politics happened, turmoil, and basically the city said, hey, look, we don't want to put in for as much, we don't want to put in as much money for that national as what you want us to, to USA BMX, and so it went to the next best bidder, which was Sumner. And there was also some uh, drama within the office, but I won't go into that. So then it went to Sumner. And and if I'm wrong, you know, I know Gmo's on here right now. If I'm wrong, Gmo, you can just go ahead and chime right in. But as far as I know from talking with the track operator at Richland, 
the track, the, the city didn't put up enough money for the Nationals, so it was probably going to go to Sumner, and Sumner was putting in more money, so the city, we're talking city, for the National, and then it went to Sumner. So we start making some headway in Richland. People are telling everybody how great of a facility it is, and then boom, it jumps over to Sumner. Now, Sumner has a huge history, huge history, and I loved the fact that it went to Sumner. And unfortunately, even so, the locals in Sumner in Seattle area of Washington boycotted the National for some stupid reason because they didn't like the track operators and they didn't like how the condition of the track was, which sucks because unfortunately with that came even a lower moto count, less riders, and the city either A, and so this is where I never knew, so either A, the city didn't put in for another National or USA BMX said that was too small of a National, we had too many complaints about the track, and then they hightailed out of there. So... There we go again. You have a facility that has a rich history and people, I mean, for generations wanted to come out there and be like, oh yeah, maybe next year I'll go come out and race the national next year. Well, guess what? It was gone. So then it bounces over to Spokane and now it's in Spokane, which again, amazing facility, great track, better. I mean, honestly, yeah, probably better facility than Sumner but a different kind of facility, in my opinion. I like Sumner more because of the track, it's, I mean, the facility itself. I love the trees and everything. So then you have um, Spokane, which, like I said, was a great facility and everything. But, uh, and again, the city didn't put in for a bid. And I don't know if it was that the city was too bummed out about how low of a count it was, but in the end it didn't work. And it left again and then went back to Sumner. Now, granted, Sumner, and I don't know what you're saying. Sorry, let me, I, Marcus kind of chimed in, Hutco and his parents run um, Sumner now. He said he had the highest moto count in the 2016 Lumberjack on Saturday, which I don't know if you're talking about overall for the year, because I highly doubt that. Um, but and then, so going back to that was... Now now we're jumping again back to Sumner this year. And this year, the, the facility, the track, everything stepped it up, and the track went great. The track held together great. They all stepped it up, and it was like, okay, great. Maybe they're making some headway, and they'll come back again next year for 2019. And we can start to build this tradition again of being like, no, Sumner is a main stop on the West Coast for every year when you're a national scene rider. But now it's gone. And now Washington doesn't have a national at all. And I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure if Sumner didn't put in, the city didn't put in for the national, or if... Oh, okay, so... But that... that Okay, so Marcus chimed back in and said, no, compared to the other Lumberjack this year, which doesn't really... It still doesn't matter because they're still low. It, it doesn't matter, like, what the numbers are exactly. They're still low, and the cities themselves aren't making any money. Um, and that's unfortunately, I think what USA BMX is looking at the most is the fact that the cities aren't making money or the cities are going to USA BMX and saying, you know, we didn't make enough money. You, we paid you X amount of dollars and we didn't see enough return. So now we have no national in Washington and, and 
Yeah, please, if somebody wants to chime in and say, yeah, Sumner didn't put in a bid for it, or USA BMX said, no, we're just not going to do one in Washington this year. I don't know. I'd like to find out. So then we moved down, down the coast into Oregon, where Eugene started making 130. Yeah, Nick Valencia, yes, is horrible, even if it's high for the area. Agreed. Doesn't matter. Um, so then we moved down into Oregon. We've got this big national in Oregon and in, in Redmond every year. And it's, like I said, it's a big moto count, big draw and whatnot. But none of the riders in the Northwest are ready for it. It's always early. Uh, most of the riders have been either indoors or not racing and it just doesn't happen. Um, and so here, let me, before we move into further than that, Jeremy Bushnell chimed in and said, I hope some track operators chime in on facts about who applied and who didn't and why nationals did and didn't go to each track the last few years. Not my place to say what I've been told from them. And, and exactly, I'd like to know too, because it doesn't make any sense. I did find out when we go into Oregon, but um, Spokane put in for it as well this as well, says Brandon, but no, but is that this year, Brandon, or for 2019? Because I'm pretty sure they did not put in for one this year after the one last year. Uh, so we need to find that out as well. But going into Oregon, we've got this national. It's always big. It's a great weekend. And this is where I kind of want to put in for the, the, the attitude of the three-day national. So Oregon is... Like I said, the, probably the second biggest race on the western half, western part of the country, western, right? Uh, I believe it's bigger than Arizona. And so Marcus said that they, they put in for 2019 um, at Sumner. Now, now we got to find out, did, was the fact that Sumner didn't want to fork up enough money? Was it not enough money or... Was it USA BMX saying we just didn't want to have a national in Washington this year? And uh, then since, let's see, Andy Andre chimed in again. Since we did a track, since when did a track have to bid in for money for a national? Um, so, Andy, you just came back into the sport. Um, I don't really want to, basically this, yeah, tracks bid for nationals. Uh, or cities bid for nationals, not tracks. Cities bid for nationals. And then, um, so back to the Oregon thing, you know, there are three, three day nationals on the Western part of the country. Uh, one in Utah this year, and then both Vegas's are three day nationals. And I don't understand. And this is something where this is one of those things like, you know, a couple people chimed in earlier saying, well, the schedule's made, you're not going to make a difference. Well, I'm not trying to make a difference necessarily for this year, but, okay, so hold on. But um, I would like to see Redmond be a three-day national. I mean, they could do it for next year. It's not that hard just to be like, okay, yep, Redmond is now a three-day national. So Nick Valencia just chimed in. Um said, Andrew, a bid is slang term. Factually, you do not. So I, you know, if you want to call in in a little bit, Nick, and explain to me that you don't have to put in a bid for national and the city doesn't have to put in a bid for national, I'd like to find that out because even when I ran Salem, I was told to get a hold of my sports commission for Salem and 
then have sports commissioners of Salem contact USA BMX to put in a bid for a national. So, yes. Um, if you want to call in, like I said, when we do the call-ins, I'll have you call in and you can explain that and all that kind of stuff. So, again, back to the Oregon part, I don't understand why Oregon is not a three-day national. It could definitely get enough rider count and enough motos each day, all three days, and Oregon should be a three-day national. Something that would be super easy for USA BMX to even do. And <laughs> a few more people chiming in. You do have to bid. Fact. <laughs> Susie Germain. Um, so, yeah, correct all our bids. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you had to bid. But, and again, we're going to move on to California now. So, Oregon only has one national. Washington, big fat goose egg. And if I hear one person tell me, well, they can all go to Canada, if you ask any Washington rider that they want to go to Canada and get their wins at Canada, they're, they're not going to be pleased. They, they don't want to. You know, they don't want to have to get their national wins in Canada. It still does have the feeling of that it's not as worthy of a national as if you won on the West Coast or Western part of the country. So going into California has two nationals this year. One at Santa Clara Powell, which Nick Valencia is the track operator at. So you are, you know, if you didn't put in a bid and you just were that cool and they called you and they said, Nick, you're so badass and your track is doing so well, we want to have a national at your track, then Nick, you're doing grad and keep it up. But everybody else has been putting in bids for a while. Um, So you got Santa Clara Powell, that one. And then you've got Bakersfield again. So Bakersfield went back to back. The Mirandas have been doing a great job down in Bakersfield. Uh, and, you know, they're doing great. <laughs> and sorry, I'm laughing at Monty's. No respect for Canada. Hey, buddy. There's respect for Canada. It's just most people don't feel the same, feel the same way about a Canadian win as they do a U.S. win. So it's just the way it is. And... And some people can't get into Canada. So you got two nationals in California. They lost one. They had three last year, and now they've lost lost one. And basically lost Roseville. It was in Lemoore. Um, and Lemoore basically turned into Santa Clara Powell and whatnot. So now down in California, you got two nationals. And I'll be honest, like the North, you'll have almost more riders from NorCal at Oregon than you do at some of the NorCal Nationals, which is also really weird, and I'm not from NorCal, so I don't really understand what's going on down there 100%, but if you want to call in in just a little bit, you can, and kind of explain why NorCal is the way it is right now. But we see a ton of NorCal riders up in Redmond every year. Um, So California, two Nationals. Now, let's go back. Uh, somebody made a point about Reno, and I kind of want to find that comment again really quick. Uh, and, it's, and it's a good point, because Reno being gone is huge on the western part of the country and, and whatnot. So Jim Sievert said, Reno was a tradition since 1986, and they chopped both of those. USA BMX will tell you it's because of the RLEC raised the price, but after talking to the RLEC more on this in a few... I have to go oh race my cruiser. So he's he's at Fernley right now and he's gonna he's gonna chime in a little bit more. But um Jim Sievert 
I believe, if I remember right, is a Reno guy, and uh, he knows all you know the ins and outs over there. So, Reno not having Reno now for a couple of years does suck. Um, Reno was a staple of the western part of the country, and it's horrible, and it just it's really really killed the whole scene on the western part of the country. Reno was that place where everybody would get to go see each other and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and whatnot. So it's a bummer that Reno's not around anymore. And yeah, I mean, they said that Reno raised the prices and this and that, but in the end, you know, it should still be there. So this kind of goes into the next point, and this is just maybe something addressed toward USA BMX, but, and I don't know if for them, how it works exactly, or if they'd feel like they were undercutting the East Coast, but I know a lot of the East Coast cities put in a lot of money for nationals. And it all kind of started with this bid war. Actually, up in Canada, the Canadian tracks were in cities were saying, hey, if you come bring a national to Canada and start a whole Canadian series up there, we'll pay you. And then all of a sudden, this bidding thing started happening on the West Coast to get nationals. And uh, so now, okay, people chiming in fast for me here. Um... Whoops. Kevin Hoffman said, Oregon is indoors. Nice that time of year. We will hit PAL regardless. Okay. And let's see. Jeff Miller said, That is the reason Cali only has a couple is they are getting more money from other areas, which makes sense. If if the cities back east and cities in the Midwest are paying a higher dollar amount to USA BMX, that's possibly why they're doing it. So here's my question to USA BMX, instead of thinking of the sport as a business for a change and thinking of it as a lifestyle and something that we need to keep growing throughout the entire country and not just Midwest and back East, why is why can't we look at the West Coast Nationals as being, okay, well, some cities aren't going to fork up X amount of dollars to have that national there, especially when you get numbers in the 130s and whatnot, like we've been getting, which again, to me, feels like is because we don't have a tradition anymore. There's no tradition to any of the nationals on the western half of the country except for Utah at this point and Las Vegas, which I don't believe is a tradition. I believe that's a party fest. So we'll get further on, you know, water Vegas. But why is it that USA BMX can't just say, okay, look, we need to still have nationals on the West Coast, so maybe we won't make as much money on the West Coast. But if we do not continue to have nationals on the West Coast, the West Coast will die. And as it keeps dying, I mean, we're literally going in a downward spiral. Every year we're losing a national in the western half of the country or western part of the country. So in that sense, maybe, just maybe, USA BMX can look at that and go, look, yeah, the western part of the country might be hurting for money in cities and they can't fork over as much or they don't want to fork over as much. I don't know which one it is, but they should still bring nationals to these places like Sumner, which is a traditional tradition, tradition, you know, family atmosphere type national. Uh, the Renos, which were tr- totally a traditional type national, and as well as Roseville, which again, Roseville, uh, you have Roseville. And so many locals, again, because they didn't like the track operators, didn't even go to Roseville. So there's a lot of stuff that we need to all talk about on the West Coast of how we're going to start just being like, okay, look, 
if we want nationals out here, we need to go to them for one. And for two, we need to figure out a way to continue to go to them and not just be like, well, maybe I'll go there next year. Well, because guess what? It's probably not going to be there next year. Um, so we need to get started on figuring out that kind of stuff. The uh, Let's see. Jeff Miller chimed in again and said, East and West Coast Nationals on the same weekends. Um, yeah, that does happen. Um, it, I don't think it's a big deal when when they're so far apart, honestly. It does suck sometimes, though, when you have, like, say, Nashville, Tennessee up against Sumner, Washington. I, I don't know if those two were or not, but a lot of times it does happen that way where you have this huge draw tradition, big-time national track up against, you know, a smaller, less traditional now type of track and whatnot. So uh, Jeremy Bushnell wrote in, said, we are, when are we able to call in? I will be representing River Valley on future plans. Give me just a few more minutes, and then I'll start having calls come in. Um, Robert Cardoza, time to come back to Tucson. Oh, the Tucson Indoor National. That was a fun one. That was a good one. Um, let's see. Kyle Murphy seems like eventually after... Ooh, you guys are getting quick. Seems like eventually after USA BMX moves to Tulsa, they're going to only have nationals on the East Coast. All the facilities on that side are a lot more legit, which doesn't help. Uh, you are right, Kyle. They are more... <laughs> There are more. There are more legit facilities on the eastern coast and uh, Midwest than we have on the west coast. But that isn't something we can't change. Um, and then they should until it co- grows back, which I think Jeff Miller might be literally saying, like, yes, we should keep the nationals going until it grows back, and then hopefully we can, you know, USA BMS can go to them and say we want more money for this and that. Um, Tiffany Choate wrote in. With all the elite riders that live and train in California, train in California, if they made one of the West Coast races a pro race, we would have more racers coming from all over and huge rider count. And this is true too. Not having a uh, elite race on the West Coast and down in California at Chula or somewhere is kind of mind blowing. But they always say it's because the tracks can't handle it, even though Chula obviously can. But maybe that's so far south, it loses draw. I don't know what the problem has always been with Chula. But um, I know that the Nationals there seem to always have problems getting a big draw. Uh, Brandon Bonneau says, When I first started in 94, Lumberjack Great Northwest, SoCal Fall, Blackjack seemed like a lock-in for Nationals. And they were back then. That was a long time ago, though. (laughs) Different world. So, all right. So there's kind of my main points I wanted to just throw out there so everybody can kind of get an idea of what we're trying to go for. We're trying to come up with solutions to make sure that nationals become traditions again on the West Coast, uh, make sure that we're getting nationals instead of losing nationals, and making sure that um, you know we're, we're figuring out why we're not going to these nationals. I mean, there's so many people on the western part of the country that just aren't going to some of these nationals. Now, maybe it's factory teams being like, well, no, we have to go back east because that's where the rider count is so that we can make get our national points. Or maybe it's something else. But I know that there's a lot of small things that kind of go into it. But if we don't go to any more nationals on the West Coast, we're only going to go further down and lose more nationals. So uh, let me just do these last couple of comments, and then I'll open up the phone line. And uh, let's see, Bakersfield and Powell could handle it. Oh, the national, like a pro race. Uh, yeah, the elite races and whatnot. Bakersfield and Powell could. 
Now, they always like to say that Bakersfield, the facility in the town can't handle the amount of riders and whatnot, um, which is semi-true, unfortunately, because that city isn't the greatest, but I know like Jordan Miranda and those guys down there are doing everything they can to make sure the facility is top-notch and safe. Um, George Camp said Abbotsford is a good choice for an elite race. Um, it could be. It could be. Uh, definitely, especially because that's the track with the eight meter and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, Marcus Hutbo says, I bet 2020 they will shift to West Coast again. I think they are just mixing it up next, next year and whatnot. Well, let's be hopeful. <laughs> and um, let's see, Wes, let's see, Brandon Bono says, Wesley Bruce Monte, don't give a shit about a five rider pro open. And I don't know who Wesley Bustamante is, but um, I do want to say too, for when I do open up the phone line, when we start getting from some phone, some phone calls, I want to try to make this PG-13 because I want the riders, like young and old, to be, you know, listening to this and understand like, you know, what we need to do to make sure that we're growing and not falling. So uh, Robert Cordoza wrote, it is pretty strange that BMX started in SoCal. Yeah, and yeah, it is strange. And uh, yeah, but that again, we're we're trying. We, we want to try to figure out why we're losing all this stuff and what we can do to get it back and then retain it. So I am going to open up the phone line. I'm going to post my number real quick. And Jeff Miller says, "Yep, keep it clean, people." So my number is five zero three BMX one two. Whoops, one two three four. Again, that's 503-BMX-1234. Oh, no. Whoops. Almost canceled my live feed. I meant to hit post. So there's my phone number. Um, you can call it. Whoever wants to call first, call first. Um, yep, we're open, We're going to open up the phone lines and you know try and figure this out. If you want to comment while I have anybody on the phone, feel free. And I will try to uh, make sure that we uh, talk to the people who are commenting as well as the person on the phone and do our best with that. And um, Derek Pryor said Bakersfield can definitely hold a pro race. And yes, Bakersfield track can. The facility for the most part can and uh, and whatnot. But all right, I've got our first caller, Auburn, Washington. I'm betting it's Jeremy Bushnell. Here we go. And all right, you there? Hey, how's it going? Good. This is Adam. Northwest Exposure, hey, who am I Jeremy. talking to? Jeremy? Jeremy Bushnell, yep. Jeremy Bushnell, I told you. I was like, I bet you Jeremy's going to jump on immediately. He was like, <laughs> right on it. when are you posting the number? So, Jeremy, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Just got done racing PI and doing two laps Sunday and getting home. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of stuff going on with that two lap Sundays. And uh, so, real quick, caller from uh, 760 area code. Palm Springs, call us back once we're on off the line with Jeremy, and I'll get you on. Um, so yeah, we got Jeremy Bushnell on the line right now, and yeah, how'd that go? That the two lap Sunday, that's been a long. See Sorry. again, tradition, long time tradition for PI <laughs> doing the two laps. Yeah, it's been great. I know last year a few of us kind of approached PI and was like, hey, some of us go to Grand, and before Grand, yep. we get do something, do some two laps to keep our legs going instead of racing the, you know. 700 foot track and then going to grands yep. for a month before it and they were like of course so threw in two lap sundays to give us a little more longer track before grands and 
it's been fun. So basically yeah. just cross finish line, cut right back like a flat turn onto first straight and do the whole track over again. Good. So it's been fun. Well, good. So what do you got for me? What do you, what do you want to talk about for uh, this episode? So, uh, yeah, so this year, I don't know if people saw me posting around. It's about a month and a half before the Lumberjacks. Um, I was started heading out to River Valley to help with the track maintenance to get ready for the national. Um, I raced River Valley. I started there when I was five years old, 1985. So that's where I started. Yep. So for me, this national being there was something very important. It's, it's my history along with a lot of people. So yes. I wanted to step up and help make this track what it is. I saw the feedback from the Dallas national in 2016. I was there. Yep. My crash, my, my class had a huge crash in the second turn. <laughs> I benefited you know, second out of it, yep. but it crashed because of the pothole in the second turn. It, people's complaints were hundred percent valid, yep. you know? So myself and the rest of the crew of Valley, it, in no way was it me yep. stepped up, you know, and we spent a month straight, just completely redoing the track, doing a whole bunch of testing on the surface to make it, those turns, what they can be. Um, and I, it might obviously, maybe I'm a little biased. I was there working on it, but in my opinion, the track was better than it ever has been. As far as smoothness, fast, yeah. the turns stayed together as best they could the whole weekend, you know? So it was what it was, but 100% valid reason why people did come back based on 2016, yeah. you know? So no matter what work we did, I knew there was some people were going to be turned off from yeah. what it was, you know? Um, but also there's, I messaged Marcus before I called in for permission for this stuff. But, so there's reasons why River Valley doesn't have paved turns and doesn't have all these things. Yeah. So anybody that's been to River Valley knows there's a huge river right next to it. That river has flooded River Valley multiple times over the years, <laughs> yeah. bringing that river silt onto the track, which makes it the sandy track it is now. Yeah. Uh, so with that, the city flat out has told them, you cannot pave the turn. If you do, we're ending your contract if you have the track here anymore. Gotcha. So they've bid, they've put in, they've, if we're up Cammy, she would have had it paved years ago yeah. and had everything, but everybody wants. Um, but so this is something that Marcus gave me permission to release is the plan is as of right now in 2020, that park won't exist anymore. Really? River Valley, Azure Valley will no longer be in that location. Holy cow. So, before River Valley was on that site, that track was originally, and you heard it in Clarence Perry's podcast, yeah. was at a place called Swan Creek. Yeah. It's, it's actually moving back there. No kidding. And Swan Creek also has a full mountain bike park next to it, and there's full plans that have a full extreme action park around this track. I don't know if it's going to be similar to how Nanaimo is, how they have their big pump track and everything, yeah. but they have plans for something more than just a BMX track. And when it moves there in 2020, this track is going to be a top-of-the-line facility. They already have the keys to the location. The location's already picked. It's already set. Um, from what I've been told, USABMX is going to be the one coming out to completely rebuild the whole track, mm-hmm. pave turns, complete facility like everybody wants that yeah. Eastern Washington has. Yeah. So, and part of that was the agreement, you don't pave your turns, you don't do this stuff in 2020, we will help you as the Tacoma Sports Commission get this new place and get it running, get it going. But if you pay the turns after 2020, you're done. Really? So Man. their hands were tied, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for them, they would have done what everybody wanted. Yeah. You know? So, um, it's one of the things they didn't want to put all this stuff out there and make it sound like it was excuses. Oh, we want to, we can't, oh, you know? So they kind of battled with how to release that, what to do. 
Yeah. You know? So but now they have the keys to this place. The plans are in motion. I'm also going to be helping with going to the city and with proposals. This is where the track's going to be. This is what's going to be. And try to get the most out of it. So I'm helping them on every level and get some of the people involved. And because they got this national this last year and because of this stuff, they are getting this stuff in the future. So that's good. It may have hurt the nationals last year, but it's benefiting down the road for the whole. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, yeah. that's one of the things I wanted to call it. I could say, I, that track means that's where I started. Yeah. Exactly. That's where a lot of us started. So, <laughs> you know? I, I have a quick question, though. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's great that you guys are going to get to have a facility up there with, you know, be able to pave the turns and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it being a bike park and all that kind of thing as well. Was there any talk? Because, like, I, I'm such a traditionalist. Like, was there any talk mm-hmm. of keeping River Valley open as well? And then also having this other track um, that you said is in Swan Park? Is that what you called it? Swan Park? Uh, Swan, Swan Creek. Yes, Swan location. Creek. Um, was there any talk of that? Because, like, bulldozing that track, to me, seems like like bulldozing BMX in Washington. <laughs> no, I, I agree. There's so, a yeah. there. Um, yeah, if it were up Tammy, she would somehow... Uh, stay there and do the plan there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the plan is right now that facility, that whole park, there's, yeah. a, there's a disc golf park inside there too. Also, yep, it's yep. all called Riverside park. Yeah. That's all going to be gone. Oh, and so they're, they're shutting the whole park, for park the city. down. I see now. So they're shutting the whole park so, down. Yeah. The whole thing is just going to be a water maintenance park. Cause that has access to the river. Oh, gotcha. Apparently. So okay. they want to get rid of all that. Because the thing is, if it floods one more time, yeah. that track is unusable in that gotcha. specific location. It's dug down gotcha. in that hole. Yeah. So then they would have to move no matter what. So they're trying to step in front of that now. Yeah. Before they're like, well, crap, now we can't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have to and we don't have a plan. And, yeah. You know, there's no track. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing to hear. So, um, I do want to jump in really quick with some of the, the posts that have been popping up while you've been talking. Um, so Andy Andre asked, does it have – does not having pros at all the nationals basically uh, hurt rider count. And uh, Nick Valencia immediately said, no, not at all. I myself have a different opinion of that. Yes, I think it does um, for a couple other reasons, but I'll let some of these other posts kind of tell say it too. Um, yeah. And another person wrote, Tiffany Choate said, absolutely it does because of, because if it's a pro race, it then becomes a mandatory race for most factory teams, bringing in riders from all over the national and becoming a bigger race, which is very true. It, it does do that um, when it when it's a national pro elite race. It does bring in um, more nat factory teams and then make the event a bigger event immediately. As well as I, I like to hope, at least, and firmly hope and believe that. There's still kids out there that want to go find and see these elite riders, and they want to go to the nationals that the elite riders are at. And you and myself, Jeremy, growing up in a time where every national yeah. had all the double A's, seeing them there is, I think, one of the biggest attributes to our sport and what draws so many people. Because, you know, getting to go to Salem Indoor National in 1995 and hanging out with freaking you know, Brian Lopes and all these guys at 15 years old was huge to me because it was in Oregon. It was like, this is my home state. They came here to Oregon and, and all this kind of thing. And and now that it's only specific nationals that get, you know, the elite races, I do think it hurts that local scene because I know local kids will be like, oh yeah, we'll go to Redmond and it just kind of feel like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's some pros I've never heard of or never seen because they're A pros. 
But with not having any elites there, not having any double A's there, I really do think it takes away from the excitement, from the wonderful, fun, you know, the, the, the love of the sport. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jeremy? Well, yeah, with, with all of this, it, a lot of this stuff, I could talk a whole I know. <laughs> two-hour podcast about all this stuff. Because outside of BMX, I do marketing, I do graphic design, yep. so I do. All that stuff they're saying is how it absolutely help is 100% true. It's all hype. Yeah, it's all building something up bigger than reality. Yep, it's you know, and you know, for me, that picture of Gary Ellis doing that no hander was at yeah. my trails. Yeah, exactly. You know, these, these days, if a pro were to show up at somebody's trails, would anybody know who they were? No, you know, not 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 just that, but then twenty years later, still talking about a picture. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there, there's no. Oh, cool! All that people know who Connor Fieldsar is, but mm-hmm. there isn't that attachment to it of they're larger than life. Yes. You know, and they mentioned Sumner, the PL Fairgrounds National, you know, Brian Foster, all these people came to this national. Yeah. Then afterwards, we all went road trails with them afterwards. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it was all part of something bigger than just that race. Exactly. And now it's, it's just a single event, single race. Everybody gets there, races, packs up, and leaves. Yep. And there's not that hype behind it. There's not that, this is a big event, you know, and that, I'm not sure quite, it's a lot of steps to change that. But part of that would be yeah. creating that hype around the pro class and making these people bigger than they are and making exactly. it huge and promoting that part. Then they give something to strive for. I, I watch the NFL because I'm like, oh, these guys are super, super good at what they're doing. It's crazy, you know, and it makes me want to watch that because that's the elite level. Exactly. That doesn't exist in DMX, you know. People aren't just a stop to watch that. No, no. And, you know? and well, even when you go to the Nationals that have the elites at them, uh, you know, it just like for one, the way that they're doing the whole system and running on every hour and this and that, I think that hurts it. But as well, but there's this whole like nobody like nobody's really going to go like a lot of people just don't get up from their tents and go walk over to the stands and watch the race anymore for when the pros. Come exactly. And, and it really does. I do believe it trickles all the way down into the local kids feeling like this is not a legitimate sport because there's no pros around. They never see them. Their biggest superstars, their local track hero, rather than, you know, Gary Ellis or Brian Foster yeah. and this kind of thing. So, um, well, on our team, I've had five people in the last three years, mm-hmm. kids that are from 10 to 15, who were forced to stop racing BMX because their dad was like, that's not a real sport. I need you to go play basketball instead. Yep. I've had five kids in our team completely, they loved it, but their mm-hmm. parents were like, Cool, you had your fun and your hobby. Yep. Now we're going to go do a real sport. Yeah. And that's a real thing. Right. And if we build this thing up, it may help that. It may. You and, know? and I wonder, you know, there's a lot of talk in like conspiracy talk too on wondering like if this whole thing is changing at this local level because, you know, they're trying to do the, the college fund and, and, you know, you can go to college and race at a college and race for a college and this and that, which I think is an amazing thing. But yeah. I don't know if it's big enough yet for it to keep these riders in when you're losing pro and not, and but only slightly gaining this small amount of these colleges that are, uh, you know, offering scholarships to come race for them and whatnot. So, yeah, right now the number of people doing that is so small that it's yeah, cool. Maybe twenty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, that are being mentors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so John Rondo yeah. sh- wrote, "I'm shocked more racers don't come up and race Canada in the West." The Canadian National is 
and can be just as competitive as and fun as a U.S. national. The talent pool might be small, but they are legit. The world and world class. I wish more of you guys would come up like '90s racing. Those days were fun and very memorable. Have a decent purse, and pros will show too. Um, you know, John, you're right. I mean, it, if everybody could get their mind wrapped around it, then yes, you're you're 100% right. Um, but in the end, it, for some reason, it doesn't. It hasn't changed in the last 15 years that we've been going up there for Canada. I mean, I know when I was amateur at 21, we'd go to Canada, and it's still, you know, it was like those last second, like, well, I guess I got to go get a Canadian win. And it, unfortunately, <laughs> it hasn't changed in the last 15 years. And I don't know. You see, what, some of that, I, I'm going to step in real fast. Yeah. Some of that also depends on class. Yeah. Um, because this year alone, because uh, I think you were you were hurt part of the year. So you, yeah. The last, like, six months of those Canadian Nationals, every single class had more people from California. Mm-hmm. The Canadian Grants, the whole NorCal generation team came up. Yep. You know? There's more people coming to Canada and being no, no. harder. And no. John Rondeau's um, argument on his side, his class is him, Brent Lee, mm-hmm. Jack DeYoung, John Lindbergh, all four guys that can make the main of the Grand Nationals that yep. he raced every time in Canada. Yep. In my and your class, we raced the world number one. Yeah. From Canada. You know, yep. So certain classes, that argument can't be valid. You yep. know, maybe there's not 20 people in the class, but we are racing the best. Yeah. <laughs> you exactly. know, so we still have to earn it. Yep. And every year it's got bigger and bigger. It has. Since I came back racing, you it know? Has. And I think it will. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, now that, you know, for 2019, you're probably going to see more Californians up in Canada next year because there's only two nationals yeah. in California. Um, so moving on. I don't know. Jeremy, do you want to stay on? I, I had a few people call while... Uh, oh, I, I can let people go. Like, I can go forever. So, I know yeah, you could. All right, <laughs> cool. Well, I'll, let, uh, I'll hang up on you, man, and you have a great day. Keep listening, and uh, we'll let some other callers come in. Again, my number's 503. All right, man. Again, take care, buddy. Sounds good. All right, bye. Thanks, man. Again, my number is 503-BMX-1234. Until we get our next call, we will kind of scroll down the list. Uh, Monty Cavadini said, I did six nationals last year. Five of them were of the Northwest. Four, six nationals, and five-hour drive anywhere in Washington State. And yeah, yeah, exactly. But again, that's staying up there and racing the same people and whatnot. And a lot of people want to... Well, and also, a lot of people ride for factory teams who'd have to now figure out how they can and their factory can get them to these other races that have bigger rider counts. Um, So, Steve Clark, there are already two awesome tracks in Washington with all the bells and whistles, and they didn't get a national. So, Steve, you jumped in a little late, and yes, you're right. There are, and they didn't get nationals this year, and I'm hoping that maybe somebody can tell me why Spokane and Richland did not put in, or maybe their bids were not high enough. We just don't know. Uh, Tiffany Choate wrote, My son wants to be at the elite races regardless of what the team... And her son is um, Choate, Pete Choate. <laughs> I almost forgot Pete's name. Uh, My son wants to be at the elite races regardless of what the team wants. That is his dream to be one of them. And again, so this kind of goes back on that point where these riders that want to be elites, they want to go to those elite races. These riders that want to be pro, they want to see these guys race. They want to see them firsthand. And and whatnot. So, yes. And then um, he never misses a moto of them since he was seven and if he is at the same race. So, yes, we do have – there are obviously still some 
big time watchers out there, but it is getting far and few between. Um, Mike Dahlberg wrote, look how stoked the kids were to see Jeff Upshaw at the Oregon State Finals for the Pro-Am. We need more West Coast Elite races. And yes, we very much do. And yeah, so we had the Oregon State Finals in Malala this year. Um, Jeff Upshaw was there. Uh, Tyler Farrow was there. A couple other pros. Um, Pettigrew Pettigrew was there. So it was really rad to see these guys come up for it and whatnot. And um, let's see, Jason Silva. Again, if you guys want to call in, my number is 503-BMX-1234. I do have 15 new comments to get through, but... uh, Jason Silva wrote, let's see, been saying this, make these pros important, give them personalities, excuse me, bring them to the people, I mentioned more social media, like hype for each pro, like Barry Nobles does, so much more that could be done, and it is very true, there's a ton more that could be done. Nick Valencia wrote, California Ducks, I'm not really sure what you're talking about there, Nick. Maybe that some of the pros don't go race. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, George Cruzcamp wrote, Plan now to go to Canada for 2019 by applying for your passport. Oh, yes. And Angelo Valencia writes, From racing in New Mexico to now working in California, I would feel the West Coast is more traditional. New Mexico got a pro race again for the long... New Mexico had a pro race again for the longest time, and from that, sorry, it keeps moving on me, and from that pro race, we hoped to get bigger rider count, sorry, let's see, dude, show more, there we go, to get bigger rider count, but it is easy for us, we put a lot of time and make the track, able to handle the elite riders racing in national scene this year and getting to see out Side the West and going to the East was amazing and spreading my experience to national racing. I feel like the rider count on I feel like the rider count or moto count is almost the same around 170 to 200. I say make it six national finishes, then eight and do a 36 and over NAC 5 challenge. <laughs> yes, I know. The Angelo wants that 35 and over 36 and over NAG 5 challenge. But um one of the good points you actually said there is the East Coast races are not that much bigger. Uh, they're still in the 170s to one to 200s. They're not down in the 100s and 130s. Um, you know, I forget what the national count was in Roseville, or moto count was in Roseville. Uh, but, yeah, you know, there was a lot of races back East that I watched, like 3640X, and I'm like, dude, there's three guys in Florida. It was ridiculous. So, they're, they, they, you know, they... USA BMX does always say, well, they get bigger moto counts over there. And it's like, yeah, well, two or three of them do. The rest of them are just as small, if not smaller. And really what it comes down to is, yes, they have more better facilities than we do in the West. Um, and for some reason, those cities seem to be putting more money up than what the uh, West Coast cities seem to do. Uh, Joey Degenstein wrote, Spokane did put a bid in for 2019 and 20. So, I don't know who Jody is, but she did say that they did put a bid in for 2019, and they are not on the list. So that means that Spokane, the city, put in a bid, but for some reason we're not going there. So that could fall on USA BMX saying either A, the bid wasn't big enough from... Spokane, or B, 
that they just didn't want to come back because the national the, the actual moto count was too small and they're not making enough money um but in the end if you're making money you're making money to me as long as the sport is growing and people are enjoying the sport and getting an opportunity to, to do the sport it shouldn't always be about the over end big dollar uh steve clark writes going to canada is great but to use those scores you have to go to u.s nationals so Steve chimed in a little late, and yes, we hit on this in the beginning to say, yes, if you have eight national wins and they're all from Canada, you have to have eight national scores or entries in the U.S. to use those Canadian races. So if you even have, say, five national wins in the U.S. and three in Canada, they won't count because you don't have the rest of them to make them worth it, which is Kind of crazy. I'd hope that that rule would change, especially maybe that's something that we could accomplish today and that that rule would go away because with only having three races on the entire Western coast in the U.S., possibly if now the Canadian races were just same one, same, same equal, you know, national score as in the U.S., as far as that you don't need a U.S. score to go up against it, maybe that would help bring more riders up to Canada. Um, because I know, you know, the SoCal guys, and I'm literally, I like looking at a map so I can kind of utilize, that's not the map, but looking at the map so I can kind of utilize it a little bit, but, you know, those guys in the kind of the Southwest part of the country getting up to Canada, that's a huge long ways and whatnot, but if those nationals up in Canada, you didn't have to match it with a U.S. national then maybe you get more riders up there to Canada. So maybe you Canadians up there, talk to USA BMX, be like, look, you know, there's not enough nationals on the West Coast. Let's make those nationals up there able to just run it, get it, and make the, you know, the Canadian national scene thrive. Um, let's see here. Nationals, let's see, Jim Sievert wrote, writes, nationals should be based on a regional system, and you would have to earn your way to a, or maybe to go is what he was going to say. It just says A. Um, real quick, going back, Aaron Marini wrote, Roosevelt was 170. So Roosevelt, you know, that's pretty on point with what the East Coast is doing. So for the for the most part, yeah, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, you know, uh, the one up there in Chicago, you know, the super famous one. <laughs> it's not coming to my mind right now. Um, you know, obviously those are bigger counts, but you know, Roseville was 170, which isn't that bad for coming back to it again for the first time in years. Um, so moving on, if anybody wants to call in, it's 503-BMX-1234. I might call this one person back, actually. Um, I don't know, people got to call me to make it work right. So again, there was a number that called me from, uh, where was it? Palm Springs. So if you're from Palm Springs and you're still listening, go ahead and chime in. Taking phone calls, 503-BMX-1234. Um, again, man, we're, we're just really trying to rack our brains together and create a central platform to maybe let ABA, USA BMX see instead of a huge Facebook bash fest of USA BMX, like what happens every year and whatnot. So... Um, Let's see, Aaron Marini writes, Bakersfield was a few more than Roseville, which is good too. So, I mean, the high 170s, unfortunately, that's, you know, 
not that bad at the moment. <laughs> so it's kind of a bummer that, you know, Roseville's not in and Santa Clara's not in. They really should all be in and whatnot, but Jim Sievert writes Nationals. Should, oh, I already read that, right? Oh, yeah, to make it a national. Um, Where that dropped at the bottom? Let's see. Jeremy Bushnell writes, get rid of that rule. Yes, make Abbotsford an elite race and put a national in Whistler. Seriously, why is there not a national in Whistler? Um, and then Canadian series will grow and in then make the whole grow, the whole sport grow in BMX, USA BMX. Uh, we're getting another phone call, so we're going to jump in and take that phone call from Grand Rapids. Wow. Am I? Hey, how's it going? This is Adam. You're on Northwest Exposure. Who am I talking to? Yo, what's up? It's Nick from Santa Clara. Oh, why does your phone number say Grand Rapids? Dude, I just live it under the radar. Can't get the government know where I'm really at. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's a Grand Rapids. I was like, what the hell? And uh, <laughs> yeah, am I? So is that Missouri? Grand Rapids, Missouri? Uh, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. <laughs> what are you doing? Crazy. Oh, good stuff. So we got uh, Nick Valencia, right? Yep. Yep. Nick Valencia online, Santa Clara Pal T.O. Um, yeah, tell me what's up. What you got for me, Nick? So I just wanted to clarify the bid slash RFP process. Um, I know a lot of people kind of take RFP and the word bid and they automatically tie it to money. RFP, um, real quick, I, RFP. What does RFP stand for? So so RFP is a request for a proposal. So basically okay. um, when you submit that packet that goes to USA BMX, it basically says this is my track. Um this is the city that I'm in. These are the hotels that are around. This is kind of what we do as far as moto count. Um, these are the airports that are near us, all that fancy stuff that they want to know. Um, that whole packet is basically called your RFP, your request for a proposal. That's you asking them to consider your track or your city for a national. Um, for us, um, I do that. The reason that I think they typically have the cities work on that is because um, – your city resources will have all that stuff, all that information readily available. Um, so where it gets a little bit sticky is they do have a portion in there where it's basically it's open-ended and it just says kind of like what, what extra features can your city do to kind of spice it up. So let's say if you're kind of you, let's say Santa Clara is here and I don't know, friendly Nevada, just because Jim was there earlier or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you guys kind of have identical cities, you're kind of doing the same rider count at your local races, you're both successful, your tracks are about the same, whatever. If USA BMX is looking at it and they're going to bank on, they're going to kind of be in that 170, 190 moto range either way, whichever track they go to. If you have track A, Santa Clara, that's like, yeah, this is what we're doing and this is our RFP. And then you have Fernley's like, this is what we're doing. This is our RFP and our mayor and our tourism department is really on it. Kind of want to bring some sport and some economic impact. They want to go ahead and throw $10,000 on top of it and help out the local track more or whatever. That's where that kind of open-ended, that's where the money thing comes in. And just like you said, a lot of tracks did start competing at some time and kind of throwing more and more money into the pot and things like that. Yep. And that's where now it's kind of become that perception that 
it's just whoever has the most money can get a national. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell you that with my relationship with my city and the mayor and vice mayor that I work with, we don't really have an outright tourism department, mm-hmm. but we basically, we put all our money directly into our track versus going out to a third party, like a USA BMX or anything like that. So for me, when I did my RFP, I was like, this is what the city's done for me this year. And this is the dollar value that they spent on me this year at the track. So this is why we're not going to throw 10,000, 20,000, whatever. I've heard all sorts of crazy numbers. I don't know that I believe all of them, but you can definitely get a national. You don't have to send 10, 20, 30 grand in a little envelope and hope for the best. (laughs) Do some tracks do that? I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, been to some nationals in some places where you're like, what the hell are we doing here? Track sucks, city sucks, whatever. But then you kind of bank on, well, maybe somebody just had a lot of loot and they really wanted a national here, and that's kind of how it got here. Um, But, yeah, I just definitely wanted to clear that up. Um, And I think a lot of it is USA BMX has all the data. So I know for sure when we were at Roseville, I had talked to a couple people on staff, and they had kind of shown me some numbers, and they were looking at, like, basically who did and who didn't travel to that race. I know Northwest didn't travel heavy. There was no. something like literally like less than five Utah people that showed up at Roseville. Yeah. And it's like, it's interesting because they can see where the people are willing to travel, where they're not willing to travel. And that's kind of that unknown thing that with the sanction, they have all that information. Yeah. So they're going to essentially make the best business decision without totally just saying screw the Northwest or screw California. Yeah. But I think a lot of the times what happens with California is, you can do no national California and all those California people, we're going to book flights and we're going to go to wherever we need to be versus getting other people from smaller areas or smaller tracks, getting them to book a flight to come to a Chula Vista and come get the hardest competition they're going to get yeah. is going to be a little bit more difficult than having somebody from California that's willing to go out there. Mm-hmm. So I think we kind of cut our own necks because we as Californians, we're still going to travel either yeah. way. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, it kind of sucks because there's really nothing you can do. But I think a lot of it has to do with that data. I don't think they ever really say that they work on the data a lot. But I mean, the NorCal one makes sense because, I mean, Santa Clara is probably going to end as the number one track in the country. Roseville is going to be top three for sure. Yeah. So just if you have two tracks that are kind of top five tracks in the country, clearly you have rider, rider count that validates that. And they're basically going to throw a dart there because they know for sure they're going to get 170. They're going to be in that realm. Yeah. And I think just like I said, a lot of the data is kind of what drives a lot of those decisions. I think, I mean, I don't know any more other than the next guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I know, um, you know, like you were talking about, you know, somebody posted in there in the, in the mess, in the comment board that, you know, Spokane did put in a bid for a national in the Northwest and, you know, and it does say, you know, and they, they was a really low moto count the year that they had it, um, the time before and whatnot. And so that does go into that part of me saying, you know, unfortunately they are looking at it as such a business now and the bottom dollar and the number that they are losing that aspect of that tradition and that place to go and, 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 you know, and that kind of thing. And, and the thing that sucks is like, they're still going to make some money. Say they go, say they go to Washington and it's only 130 motos. Well, they're still going to make X amount of dollars. They're not going to go in the hole for Christ's sakes, (laughs) but you know, they're still going to make money going there and whatnot. And that's where it's just, it's hard to watch because 
instead of them just being like, well, let's still go there. We, you know, these people are still up there. They're still up there. They're still racing. They're not traveling. But the thing is, is like, if we keep taking nationals away from areas, those people won't travel necessarily because those people won't feel like that they're ready to go to nationals. Like I know growing up in the Northwest, you, you'd have two or three nationals in the Northwest every year. Well, those you'd start out by going to those and you'd be like, okay, yeah, I kind of get the feel of it. I get the idea. And now I, now I'll go and travel more. Maybe after the second or third year of doing just that Northwest, you know, national, you know, whatever, two or three of them. And where the Californian guys are a little different where they went from having eight and seven nationals a year to so few, but they still have such a huge amount of factory riders. And those riders, yes, like you said, will jump on any plane and, and head off to the next national and whatnot. So I hope that USA BMS could see that and that, yeah, the type of rider in California as a whole is different than the type of rider in Washington or Oregon, but they're still just as worthy and just as valid to be able to have nationals in their areas and whatnot, rather than just getting rid of them and everything. Does that make sense? No, no. Yeah, definitely. And, and a lot that you said earlier about the tradition that weighs, I think a lot heavier than a lot of people think. Um, I don't know if you recall the first year that they brought Bakersfield back. Yeah. And it was like 160 yeah. motos and yep. people were freaking out. Like, yeah. this is why California never gets nationals and yep. nobody ever wants to come and race. And I'm like, every year it's gone up maybe 10, yeah. 11, 12 motos. I know they cracked 200 now. Yep. But it's definitely one of those things. If you keep that race there, and I'm one of the biggest proponents. Nobody in NorCal, and this is me speaking on behalf of everybody, and I probably shouldn't, but I will, <laughs> but nobody wakes up in the morning and is like, I can't wait to drive to Bakersfield today just because it's kind of <laughs> central California. It just gets that gist of a shady place, whatever. But yep. if you're going there to race, you're going there to race. Nobody's exactly. going to book a vacation to go hang out in exactly. Bakersfield, but whatever. But it goes to show that you may get that small national but then if the track operator's content on making it better and making the experience better and the ridership kind of – because a lot of it, you start – your family will then schedule around. Yeah. They know that there's going to be that race at that time of the year. Let's yep. save a little couple vacation days or let's say stash a little bit of money away. And it just becomes that thing and it slowly grows and slowly grows and gets bigger and bigger. Yep. And I think in a sense – that Redmond National has now become the new Reno for the most part. I know. I think everybody that used to go to Reno is now kind of shifted like, all right, the early national in the year is Redmond now, and that's yeah. kind of the, the new Reno. But And same thing, tradition-wise, it's just always going to get just a little bit bigger, a little mm -hmm. bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Same thing with Bakersfield. And a lot of these tracks that just kind of get these, I'd like to see USA honestly stick with them a little. Give it a couple years yeah, and exactly. see how it goes if it just doesn't take off then so be it. But I definitely, I think just moving them around that much kind of at some point starts to hurt you. Even yes. if you keep them in the same state, but just not too far, but just let people know this is about where they're going to be. It's going to be in this state around this time. Yep. I mean, because there's always the core nationals that always do good are Vegas in January, July, Phoenix, you always know is going to be March. Yep. The four nationals were always late in the year. Like there's always just, you plan on being at races in those. And now it's kind of a question mark. So you're like, well, do I, I spend know. all my extra cash here? Or so yep. I think there's definitely a lot, but I think at the end of the day, the data that they have to work with is kind of what they really base it off of. I know. 
Well, let's, uh, if you want to stay on the line, um, I'm going to run through some of the comments and we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Dale Holmes writes, why every, why is everyone bothered about Moto Count? Why not just focus on a good event? Which is kind of going back on what you and I both have talked about. And yeah, I mean, we have to talk about Moto Count because of course, unfortunately USA BMX is all about Moto Count. And, and yeah, if we keep a race in the same place, it creates a t- tradition. As long as the track is good and the facility is fun, and it does, it just creates that tradition. Those moto counts go up. But yeah, I think focusing on a good event, and I think honestly, like if you think back to the '90s and early 2000s, they were focusing on good events. I mean, and it wasn't even just them. It was GT. It was Rich Long, and and, and all these big factories that you know had all this money into the sport. They were focusing on creating great events on the west coast and on the western half of the country whereas now it's just you know the the track operator really is like up to the challenge of being like okay i have to create a really good event because usa bmx will put up their flags and they'll put up their tent and they'll bring in their truck and that's going to be about it you know so yeah definitely and i mean I remember the one thing that stands out to me is the look of a BMX race from the mid nineties. The look of the BMX race from then till now mm-hmm. is so much more different. I mean, that was like every factory team had a big rig. Like yep. you didn't show up with just two 10 by 10 easy no. ups. And that was the factory pit. Like, no, no, no. You had the whole, like the whole nine yards. So I think at the same time, it would be nice to have more of those marquee nationals and, like I said, even if you could just kind of ping all the factory dudes and be like, what races are you guys going to earlier in the year? Like, let's make five of these races and let's just make them look factory mm-hmm. top to bottom. I mean, I'm sure you could do that still at Black Mountain. I mean, it's yeah. kind of been the same layout forever. That place just is waiting for it. And it's yeah. probably one of the nicer layouts on the series um, and probably the closest to saying like that's kind of that mid 90s era look to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it would be cool. And I, and I know Dale has the same thoughts because I've seen him ping about it that like he just wishes vendor row looked just a bit more legit. Yeah. Um, but it would be cool to kind of see USA kind of just, even if they just sent something out to all the manufacturers and we're like, yo, we're going to try to really make a concerted effort. If there's anything we can do to help you guys with this or whatever. Yeah. But I think definitely getting those, those marquee events back, even if you can only focus on a few, but yeah. get it a little bit off the track operator and maybe a little bit more on the sanction and say, you know, this one, we're going to try to make this race look a lot better. And another thing, too, is kind of the elephant in the room. I mean, I remember when a race used to run late in the mid-90s, you'd be out Saturday night running your main at 10, 30, yeah. 11 o'clock at night. Like, those races were big, and they yeah. ran long. Yep. Now it's like, do people still want to do that? I mean, I know me. I'm hardcore BMXer. <laughs> I want to be there all day, and yep. I just enjoy that. But, like, at what point is – USA BMX, maybe 220 is fine for moto count for them. Yeah. Maybe they're making enough money at that point and they know they're going to be done by seven, eight o'clock at night, assuming there's no breakdown, nothing, nothing goes bad. Nobody gets too hurt or whatever. Yeah. So maybe that is what works for them. I mean, who knows? I know. I know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it is kind of crazy. Cause yeah, we, we used to run God so late on that Saturday night and now yeah, it's it's even weirder being on the West Coast in some of these smaller races and leaving at five o'clock on a Saturday, and you're just like, whoa! And then you do sit there and go, what am I supposed to go do? I just want to hang out in the team pit and race my races and, and bullshit. So, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on to the next one, let's see. Somebody, Monty Cavadani said the rumor is that Whistler might have a national this year. So that would be freaking sweet because it's Whistler. And then we could finally maybe have a Northwest-type-esque Vegas in a sense of, you know, because Whistler is that party town just like Vegas is. I mean, it's not gambling, but it is a party town. And uh, it could turn into that kind of thing. So that would be really rad. Um, let's see. Brandon Bonneau. Oh, there's one more. Christine Bailey writes, even just making the mainland Western BC Nationals exempt from the one-to-one rule would help. That's three races. You know, Chilliwack in May and October plus the other that rotates in the Vancouver metro area. So even that would help too. So Christine Bailey, she's a little girl that races from Washington. and Very true. So even if it was just those three races were, you know, considered you know not that one-to-one rule would be a huge help um to brent Bonneau writes like i mentioned on gmo's post it would be cool to see usa bmx divide up the states into three regions west central east with the eight nationals plus the grands that way each region can race for the respective amount of results needed for nag or national gosh this is long brandon <laughs> um, and then my eyeballs start to tell me that they're 38 years old and they don't work as well. If a rider needs to improve on their results or have those bucket list nationals tracks, then they can do their extended travel if wanted. Give each region four or five men, women, vet pro races. Um, let's see, try to make it more balanced rather than bidding process. So basically he's saying a lot of what we're saying too throughout the throughout the show tonight. Um, they, uh, it would be nice to see it more balanced and bringing back, you know, elite races in every region. So that is a good point. So obviously, unfortunately, you know, the pros of yesteryear complained so much about racing so much, which is ironic, um, <laughs> that they, you know, so for some of you listeners out there, and, and Nick, you know too, that um, in the late 2000s, I think it was, or sorry, early 2000s, all the pros were complaining about having to race so much between ABA and MBL. Well, then both sanctions went to a kind of an AB type thing where certain nationals were for double A's and certain weren't, um, which at the time when there was two sanctions, it kind of made sense, you know, but at the same time, it did hurt for some of the smaller nationals where kids wanted to see you know all the top double a's and didn't get to anymore so having specific weekends in each region making sure like because for instance i mean the northwest well in california the whole entire west coast doesn't have an elite race like oregon washington california no elites will be racing in those three states and it i do believe it hurts i mean i believe it hurts the local communities and local scenes and and even the local cities saying you know there's going to be top double a pros bring out your local you know local city to come see these top double a pros race you can't do that any longer so i don't know what what you mentioned earlier nick that you don't see it being a big deal not having elites there um what are your thoughts on that then exactly um so my thought is moto count wise it doesn't impact that much um i kind of as we all know i had my state finals and we kind of had a, a bunch of drama if we wanted to uh, host a certain event or whatnot so um over the last year 18 months or so i've kind of monitored 
pro racing versus if there was a pro-am, if there wasn't a pro-am, if it was open, whatever, things like that. I think the real problem, and I mean, it's, it's a problem for us, the end user, consumer, whatever. We want to see the elites as much as we can. But I think at some point when we brought in the Olympics and we waited all the finishes on just UCI points and now they're kind of earning spots to get their countries into the Olympics and whatnot, I don't know that the elites themselves, and I mean, we'd have to ping a, a a couple of those high caliber elite riders and be like, would you guys even want to go to all these other races for what they consider meager pay? I mean, it's good money in my opinion, but I'm also not training 90 hours a week to to go make that money. But for what they consider, and I mean, we're just going off their grumblings. They're not going to be paid enough. They're barely going to kind of cut even on a weekend if they do two podiums or whatever. Um, I can only go off of the races I've been to, and there's been small turnouts for pro racing, period. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm like, it can, I, I think at a lot of these races, it could not even happen. And I don't even think that anybody would really notice outside of one or two Facebook posts. But it's just weird because for me growing up, just like you, like mid-90s, you waited at the fence and you watched – rack after rack after rack of just the fastest gnarliest double a's of their time and you hung out and you waited the entire time because that's what like was the highlight of the day and now it's just like i mean i was at lamar a couple weeks ago and i think they had nine people were the biggest day and that was with brooke crane entering but essentially (laughs) the the other two days i think there was five and then four or five or six or something so it's like they've gone from qualifying like when I think of double A race, I'm thinking thirty dudes, quarters, the whole nine. And now it's essentially just a total points. You're just running low points and that just makes me think of Pro Cruiser like we did Pro <laughs> Cruiser like that for yeah. what, two, three seasons, and then it was like, you know what, this is kind of just a joke. Cause at that rate, I mean six dudes, even if they all paid fifty bucks, that's a three hundred dollar pot. Like nobody's even cutting remotely close to no. even in that scenario. No. And it's hard to get somebody who has olympic aspirations like hey come risk your neck for a 300 dollars pot that you got to split between two or three people that podium yeah and yeah that olympic dream you got hope you don't drop a drop a foot off the pedal and roll an ankle or anything and then you can't train so i think it's 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 all in a weird weird spot i don't know exactly how to fix it but i i think the pros definitely need to be at more races and get more exposure mm-hmm. but they also need to show up because I think the, the yeah. attendance is slacking in a lot of that area too. The thing I don't, you know, the one thing I was thinking while, we're, while you were talking too is that I think could possibly be a solution to having pros at more races again is like you're always going to have your Connor Fields, your uh, Corbin Shiraz, and they're probably not going to go to smaller nationals. But if at one point we got back to this mark of, you know, when you earn X amount of dollars, you turn double A, and you almost had like, in a range of two classes of double A's because there's so many guys. And, and right now, maybe that's the pro-am, the tangent pro-am thing and, and whatnot. But right now you always have so many guys that kind of get into that double A or elite rank, but they can't hang with the top eight to 10 guys that are at every race trying to get Olympic points. And, and, you know, obviously they're not all American. So, you know, it almost would be nice to see, these other nationals get elite races that they know probably Corbin and Connor aren't going to show up, but at least like 
Tanner Sebesta might be there from Texas, and he's going to get a win. And then all of a sudden, you've got more people going up for the title. It's not just the Joris and Connor show, and in this year, it's only the Joris show. So, you know, it maybe would create that that feel again. And yeah, you would still maybe, like I said, not see Corbin or Connor or Nick. But well, Nick actually probably would see because he still races normal races. But um, you know, you know, you, but you know what I'm saying? Like maybe there, it could grow into something where you've got your guys that are going for the Olympics. They're not going to go hit all these other nationals, but then you've got a good amount of guys like your Corey Reeds and your, like I said, and your Tanner Sebestis and all those guys that want to race and they want to go to these nationals. But when they go and you've got 20 dudes that could win that main event and I mean, your odds are just so stacked against you and you know, you're, you know, a lot of them are forking out some of their own money to be able to go. So why not have nationals that don't have those, you know, Olympic points, pull those people out of the field, let these guys go at it. Maybe then they'll have a better chance of making it to those Olympic races and those and getting those Olympic points to actually achieve Olympic goals. Because right now it's like you throwing yourself in the pot with the 20 best athletes in the world on bicycles, you know? Or more than 40 best athletes in the world on bicycles at every World Cup or every national, you know, Olympic pointed event. And, and then, yeah, you just, you're, you're never going to get to that point unless you're still racing and you're still having something that you're winning at. Because we all, you know, you know, and I know both that the only way you win is when you win. And if you're never, ever in a situation where you can get those big wins, your confidence, your your skill, and all that kind of stuff will never get to that point to win these big Olympic, um, you know, point elite races that we have now. And I don't know. What do you think? Does that make any sense? No, 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 definitely. And and I mean, the only way I could equate it is like it's almost like they're like minor league baseball, and not to call yeah. those dudes minor league because I mean, if you're a pro fast, you're you're if you're winning a pro, you're you're somebody. You're going yeah. quick. Yeah, but then I think what has happened now is that step up from when you turn a pro to turn an elite, and I kind of—I mean, not to call out Tanner Sebesta, but I think he's a perfect example, or even a Corey Reed. Yeah, they are somebody who's like, yeah, they're going to go out and on a bad day, they're going to be top three in single A. Yeah, that's guaranteed. They're they're that quick. They have the track speed. They have the kind of pack riding mentality. They're going to be fine. Yeah, but when you put them in a rack with just four just powerhouse Americans, three dudes from Ecuador that are going to ride the track. Amazing. Yep. And like those dudes, you need a lot of time riding at that peak pinnacle to get kind of settled in and see where you filter out. And unfortunately it's crazy expensive to mm-hmm. go get that experience because that's yep. only happening at those big UCI races. You need to travel all around the globe to get that. Yep. So when they go the first time, for lack of a better word, they get spanked. They're out in the motos, whatever time trials, whatever kooky stuff they used yep. to have, but they're not getting a lot of laps, but they're kind of seeing where they are, but you're going to nine times out of 10, you're going to run out of money before you even get your feet wet and kind of get comfortable in it. That's not to say that you're not fast. It's just you're not at that level fast yet. Exactly. And I think that's kind of where you see, like uh, like I said, a Corey Reed Tanner. I think Cameron Larson's kind of in that same yep. space right now. Not yep. going to go super, super deep at these World Cups, but he's quick. He's going to get out of rounds mm-hmm. and things like that. But there's like this whole genre of dudes that could still make a dope series. Because yeah, exactly. you can rattle off like 10 to 15 of those 
They're more yeah. than an A pro, but they're not exactly, exactly. that Olympic level elite, but they're still elite. And exactly. if you could just get those dudes, and I'm not saying that they should shelve their Olympic aspirations, still chase it, but also at the same time, like, go get these little jackpots, go get this little 300 yeah. here, this little 500 here, whatever it is. Do the Nick Long plan, go do the close stuff, yeah. and then go to USA BMX and say, hey, there's about 15 of us. We may not be ready for the UCI-filled stuff, but we also don't want to be forgotten, and we want to mm-hmm. do it for more than 300 bucks and a little paper check. Exactly. Like, we want something more core. We still want to be premier at these smaller a pro races, whatever you want to call them, pro opens. Yeah. Like, don't forget about us because there's more of us than there is Olympic superstars. Exactly. And they need to leverage that. And that's kind of my thing is like, are those dudes, are they talking with each other? And does somebody ever put anything into motion to go talk to John David and all yeah. those dudes down at the offices? Like, go see if there's maybe they're thinking the same thing. Like, oh, man, maybe we should, probably should do a little bit more. Um, cause I mean, those payouts, they're definitely, they're not the most justified and could USA be an expense more on it? Sure. They could. Yep. Is it in their right business mind? I think long-term it would do good because you want those classes. Cause those are the dudes that are really selling bikes. They're at the smaller mm-hmm. races. They're more approachable. Not to say that Connor and, and all those guys, Corbin and Jordan, not to say those guys aren't approachable, but it's a whole lot easier to get a signature or oh, yeah. have a conversation at a Lamore race than it is at an Argentina race. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and then going further into that a little bit, um, and just kind of, I want to kind of bring it back to growing these local scenes and growing these nationals that we do have on the West Coast to allow us to get more nationals is that when you have a. Like so, like if we had Corey Reed and Tanner Sebesta on the line right now, I bet you they'd say, "No, I don't want to race pro open all the time because I'm in this class with this fresh new A pro kid that just came out of amateur and they're just going for broke and you know they're they're out there not riding correct yet, they're not riding smart yet." So having their own class still, maybe even call it double A, they could give A pro, double A, and elite. And elite are those races that are for Olympic points. Double A is Double A, those double A pro points go in with whoever races elite races for the overall title. But then again, it brings in more riders for that title. And then again, it brings in more companies, really. Because imagine if Corey Reed and Tanner Sebesta could go to a national. And I know we keep using these two, but there's a lot of them out there. Could go to a national, you know, Peebles is another one. And go win a double A race. They're going to be more valuable to the companies that sponsor them and get paid better by the companies that sponsor them rather than being like, okay, cool. You go one pro open. Nobody even watches pro open anymore because it's just the local a pros that just turned pro and are racing. And you're racing against some local a pros now because that's what our pro racing has come to. So anyway, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So let's move on. Um, let's see. Um, I'll have you stay on just while I scroll through the comments really quick, and then I'll let you go. But uh, you'd see Aaron Mariani said you need local racers and people going for the experience to get the higher rider count. That's why Vegas and the holiday races bring higher rider count. It's a vacation with your BMX family. The national riders will be there no matter what. Uh, He's mostly right. Yeah, the vacations. There are people that like to go there for vacations, but... Uh, let's see, Dale Holmes said he agrees with something that we probably said a long time ago, because we've got like 52 comments re- recently, but, uh, 
Let's see. <laughs> Nick is our guy here in NorCal. He has knowledge, says Jason Silva. Um, Dale Robinson writes, interesting little fist bump. Let's see. Cody Harris. I miss Vendor Rowe in the big rigs that were there when I was a kid. and We, we hit on that a little bit ago. Um, definitely do. Let's see. Growing up. Let's see, Jeremy Bushnell writes, growing up, going to nationals, some of my favorite parts were, were walking through Vendor Row. And so he's saying Vendor Row, and we should say, like, Pit Row, um, you know, where the, the factory teams had their pits and that kind of thing, and seeing all the factory teams and, and all these big companies with their big buses and their big pit setups and all that kind of stuff. It, it is, I think, for a kid that is super huge. But, yeah, we were talking about that earlier Let's see, let's see, Frank Grigs- Grigsby, dad of superstar little, uh, what's Frank's son? Tyler. Tyler, Tyler Grigsby. Tyler Grigs- <laughs> Grigsby says, uh, Lamore should be on the list. Great track. And it should have. I honestly think Lamore should have stayed. It could have started to create that tradition, like we talked about earlier. And Lamore, like, it used to have that tradition. Oh, my God, Lamore used to be, like, one of the hottest national beds in the entire season, back in the late 90s and uh, early 2000s, man. So, it should be. Let's see. Uh, Tiffany Choate writes, totally agree and should absolutely be a pro race as it's top-notch facility for Lamore. She's talking. And we agree as well. And every kid waiting until... Let's see. Cody Harris writes, every kid waiting until Sunday after AA Pro to get number plates. Now kids go watch Nationals and don't even watch Pro's race, which is... Also true, and you know, and Sunday nowadays too. You know, they don't even have pros race on Sundays. It's just not even there. Um, and DeAndre out of Idaho says, "Don't do pro series races anymore. Let some of these other cats make a run for a USA BMX title, which is what we were talking about." And um, gosh, man, let's see. Uh, make an in between class. Jeremy Bushnell says, kind of the same thing we were saying. Um, where you have a double A class and elite races, and those points kind of go together. Uh, at the end of the year, let's see, Dale Holmes writes, a lot of the coaches have created this don't race culture. This is a good, good subject to talk on. Um, I don't know. I will, yes, it is. It's so happening. And it happens even at the local level where, myself i was the track coach for a couple of years at our local track and there were kids that were like well no man i'm gonna i'm gonna sit out today we got our state finals in a couple of weeks i'm gonna rest up or whatever and, and you know and it does it's like happening on the local level where kids are like oh i can't race yet because i have to make sure i peak <laughs> and this kind of thing uh do you see it in your at your track down there in uh santa clara yeah so um I think it was about two years ago. Uh, um, what we did was we basically got rid of practice um, in the sense of we used to have it was $10 racing and $3 practice. So mm-hmm. we had some issue with getting people to pay for practice because typical dirtbag BMXers, if they can <laughs> save $3, <laughs> yep. they will dudge, dudge dock and we dudge dick and, oh, yeah. and try to do anything they can. So um, what we eventually did was we just got rid of $3 practice and we were like, okay, it's racing 
is 10 bucks practice. You can do it. It's going to cost you the exact same. Mm-hmm. Um, for about a month, everybody hated us. We were the devil. The track's going <laughs> to close. Nobody's ever going to pay $10. Yep, yep. Um, but the one good thing about BMX and the retention rate sadly being so low yep. is that after six months, you have a whole new crop of people. And all they know is, yeah, we come to the track, we pay 10 bucks to race. Like the whole practice thing just kind of vanishes. Um, and it's done wonders for not just our average rider count, but our retention and everything, because there's not that culture of show up, practice and leave. Like yep. you paid your 10 bucks, you're on the sheet, go take your laps. Like that's kind of been a, a big thing that kind of turned us around. Um, but it's definitely, I think, I mean, if you allow it's for me, it's pretty basic business because when you're selling practice and selling racing, you're basically selling BMX that day. You can, somebody can buy it for $3 or they can buy it for $10. Knowing the demographic, everybody's going to take the cheaper price because they're just getting laps on the track. So for me, it was easy to be like, yo, if they're going to come and buy something and they're okay with paying 10, but they're even just more happy with paying three. But if they're supporting your track, that $7 in between, if you're going to put that back into the track, then there's really no shame in taking that, especially when you're going to be doing more for them anyway. Like I said, we got a little bit of resistance up front, but I mean, if you look at it over a timeline from where our track was two years ago to where we are now, um, that's one of those key factors and major changes. And just like you said, it trickles down from pros all the way on down. Oh yeah. If you allow somebody to just come use the track and then dip out, but you never kind of get to see a value in that, then that's kind of something that every track operator I think should look at and kind of see what works for them, where kind of their limits are, what they can push. Yeah. But yeah, we, we, at our track, we don't even have like a straight up practice night. I know a lot of tracks will do like one night where yeah. they just open, they just run gates, it's practice only. We don't even do that. We run three days and it's racing every, uh, all three days. So it's kind of, everybody's out there. You can look at your numbers, see if that's something you're interested in. Most, most riders won't like it at first, but later on down the road, I think if you were to ask a bunch of our local riders, they they enjoy it now. Cause I mean, you just, it makes your classes bigger. Everybody's staying the race. People, if they're going to drive down, they're going to drive down. They're going to stay that extra act or put those laps in and they're gonna and i mean it it ends up helping your your nag kits because then the aba instituted that rule about uh eight local races or whatever things like that and so i mean it ended up the aba kind of caught up to what we were already doing anyway but a lot of people will come just because we'll have those those classes make just because everybody's staying exactly exactly good points um, see, so I want to keep getting down here. I've got like 58 comments to get through. So if you want to, if you need to duck out at all, we've been, you've been on for about 40 minutes. So if you need to duck out at all, or if you want to stay on, let me know. Um, do you want to head yeah, out? Yeah, I'll, I'll duck out just all so right, you cool. can, uh, kind of get some more people in. I'll be in the comments though, for sure. Perfect, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks for calling. All right, all right that was Nick Valencia of Santa Claus, Santa Clara Pal BMX. We had him on for about 40 minutes. So it was really rad. Um, if you want to call in, the number is 503-269-1234 or 503-BMX-1234. And yes, my number is 503-BMX-1234. Um, we're going to go through some more of the comments on here. Let's see. Jason Tyndall writes, I understand the frustration of everyone here. We have eight national weekends that are eight hours or less drive from home. And we are, was talking about it tonight with a family from NorCal who moved here. This past spring, we are lucky and we recognize this. Um, so I'm assuming Jason Tyndall is from back east. And uh, yes, 
you are lucky, and I'm glad you recognize it and feel feel very fortunate. And I, unfortunately, I know that the East Coast guys used to be like, God, oh, dude, there's like 10 nationals in California, and it sucks. But uh, time, tides have turned. Um, let's see, Jeremy Bushnell writes, that culture has trickled down to amateur as well, which I actually just said. Let's see, Rasheen Hicks chimed in with a little thumbs up. Dale Holmes writes, I agree with Nick, a better option for their tier two guys and support them. And uh, actually, that was my idea there, Dale. But uh, I, yeah, I do think uh, having a, a pro class, that you're pro open, or even no, just still calling it a pro, you have double A and you have elite. And this would those elite races are points that go towards the USA BMX pro title of the year, as well as those Olympic points. Double A races are just USA BMX pro title points. A pro is just a pro points. And this would give all these two t- tier two guys in double A a real shot at still making a living at this sport because not everybody can travel all over the world to get Olympic points. And unfortunately right now that is the protocol if you want to be an elite racer. Uh, Rust, Rusty Dow writes, great idea on the double A pro um, non-UCI Olympic point weekends include VET. Yes, of course. I think, honestly, every national should have a VET race. I think there's so many guys that are 33 and older that would race, if they could just go race two or three nationals that were close to them and race VET Pro. I mean, they just would. I would still be VET Pro if I didn't have to travel 12 to 15 hours for every VET Pro race I ever went to. And it's stupid. VET Pro should be at every single race, every na- or sorry, every single national, hands down. Um... Let's see, Aaron Mariani said it's called Tangent Pro-Am. Yeah, we know. Tangent Pro-Am is great. It's doing great things. But at the same time, it's not getting the exposure that riders need to get for bigger checks from companies, Um, which I think is so. maybe something will change in the future for that, and Tangent Pro-Ams will get bigger in that sense. But as of right now, you go win a Tangent Pro-Am, your sponsor isn't going to be like, here's an extra $1,000. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Marcus Hootko, let's see, uh, Robert Pierce jumped in, said good stuff, good old Fierce Pierce, NorCal boy. Uh, Marcus Hootko writes, we need super expert classes, so the, okay, now we're going too far. Super expert classes, it's too much. Marcus, your, your mind is going places that I just don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, 13, yeah, experts don't have to race 13 intermediates, they could race 13 expert or 16 experts. You know, I've been listening to some of the stuff on uh, Rail the Berm, and apparently in Australia, I think it is, you can move up. So, like, say you're a 10X, there's no other 10Xs there, and you'd get moved to 11 Intermediate or Beginner, or whatever they call it in Australia, but instead they can go race 12 or 13 Experts. I don't know, maybe the mentality is different over there, but if I was a 15 Expert and a 12 Expert jumped in and took me out in the corner... I don't know, I'd be pretty pissed off. I don't know if I really agree with that thing in Australia that they're doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, there's a lot of dynamics in that. So um, let's see, Brian Silvis said he agrees to probably something Nick and I were talking about. Um, let's see, Zach Schnell, come one, $3 is $3. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see, Jeremy Bushnell writes, the legend Mike Reich 100% believed in no practice just gate night, and all of his tracks in the 90s did, didn't did have them. Um, so, Jeremy, I'm not quite sure what you're saying. So, I know Mike Reich did some awesome, awesome stuff up in Washington back in the day. Um, 
one of my favorite track operators, somebody I definitely looked up to as a track operator. But are you saying that there were no gate practice? There was no like practice nights. You were only allowed to do a gate practice night. Like you only did gates. Not quite sure. Let's see. Harold Ridge says, can't wait for Santa Clara. Track is awesome. One of our tour kids voted is the best to ride. Always so positive, Harold. Good for that. Um, let's see. Cody Harris. Marcus, I agree. When I was 15 or 11X racing a kid, I'd be racing 11X. I'd race 15X sometimes. It made me faster. Yes, it does make that 11X faster. But what does it do to that 15X is the one of those big keys. Um now I am bummed, uh, bumped up at, a, at an age and race intermediate. And it makes no sense. My sister just started and, as a girl, always has to race experts instead of novices, getting bumped into her. How they do classes now is dumb. Um, I think your sister could have signed up as a novice, Cody, just to let you know. Um, but, yes, the classes stuff is kind of weird, but I still just, like, like, Cody, you were a super fast 11 expert. But you jumping in with a bunch of 15 experts that maybe just turned 15x, you know, I'm trying to think of everybody, you know, would they really want to have an 11x be stomping on them? And I don't know if they would. Um, let's see. Somebody replying to Cody saying, I'll be 11x bumping into a 15x race. Um, Meredith, let's see, let's see. Don Watson saying hello. Come on. Come on, scroll. Uh, and it says, Nick Valencia says, thanks, man. It's getting rebuilt in two weeks. Ooh, so the track will be different for the national, just so you know. Uh, Cody Harris writes, Adam Treadwell, well, if you're 15X, you better not be letting a 12X punk you in a corner. Well, obviously, that's the best of both worlds, but a 15X that's fresh out of intermediate is not going to want to get beat by an 11 or 12-year-old expert or getting punked in a corner. Um and I think that's a good reason that they don't let riders jump up that far in age for the most part. Um, let's see, George Cruzcamp, if 12X can take out a 15X, the 15X should probably reclassify. Unfortunately, George, that's just not our sport. Like, you can't just reclassify back down to intermediate right after you turn expert. Um, see, Jeremy, let's see, good. Jeremy kind of recla- clarified that for me. He said he didn't do any, uh, I lost it, come back. He didn't do any gate nights, only races, like Nick said. Okay, so yeah, he just did no gate practice, no practice nights, just race nights, and you had to race. Um, let's see, Tiffany writes, our track does open races once a month, and it's a lot of fun, which I do love the open races. So our track does those too, uh, where you do like an 11 and under, 12 to 15, and like a 16 and over. I think that's awesome. Um, yes, I think that's something that every track should do. And I think that answers the question more than just putting, you know, because those are the kids then that if they want to sign up for it, they can sign up for it rather than just being forced to race an 11 expert that they didn't really want to race in the first place. Um, Tiffany Choate then writes, is it fair that a 12 inner has to race a 14 expert when there is a 15 X class? No, of course not. There's, there's always, there's always weird classes getting made. And I, you know, and I, I hope that USA BMX is constantly trying to figure that out and get those things kind of fixed. It does seem like it's happening more now a days than it used to. So, uh, let's see. Rocky Manning writes, Adam Trout looks like Boomtown. We see you for some training soon. We'll, we'll see you for some training soon. And yes, uh, I, uh, messaged Rocky about maybe doing a clinic next Sunday at Boomtown 
doing basically like a little pre-grants clinic for all you guys down there at Boomtown BMX. So check it out for some uh, flyers coming up soon and some information on it. Rocky and I will kind of iron that out. Let's see, so Sunny writes, if you don't have a class recruit, we would all have a class if we had more writers, which is true. Oh, yeah, if you don't have a class, then recruit writers for your class, um, is what she's saying, which is true. So Rocky Manning writes, um, yeah, that same thing. And then Jim Sievert writes, let's talk about how to get national schedule back to manageable system so all areas are able to compete for NAG and national numbers. Boo, I'm going to go ahead and hit like on that one um, twice, even though it didn't let me. So, yes, Jim Sievert, you're, you're very correct. Uh, we do need to figure out how to make it to where, yeah, everybody has a, a, a logistic shot at getting a nag plate, not just if you live in the Southwest or if you live in Texas or Midwest, or when, and now you can live anywhere you want on the East Coast. But, uh, yeah, it's, it is, you know, pretty bad. So if anybody wants to call in, again, my number is 503-BMX-1234. We are trying to come up with some good solutions and some good ideas. Maybe track operators are listening in and uh, can get some good ideas to help bring up your local scene, which in effect brings up that possibility of having a national in your, lo you know, your, your uh, local area. And Marcus Hupko writes again, I think part of the problems with the nationals is... Certain people feel it should be a certain track, and when it's not, they ban the race. Yeah, I know, Marcus, you're talking about the some of the writers banning certain national and stuff, and it is weird. Then, like I said in the very beginning, obviously that stuff shouldn't be happening. If the, the track is near you and it's a national, you should probably just go to it, unless you're not a national writer and you're not doing nationals. But if you are, you should go. Um, Zach Shell writes, as a 24X, I've gotten stuck with 13Is before. When there was 3640 expert on the same day, system didn't make sense. Yep, there is weird, weird stuff going on with that system. I, you know, 3640 expert, I've raced 13 experts. Um, yeah, and, and most of the time I don't say, so again, you know, most of the time I wouldn't even sign up because I didn't want to, you know, get stuck with 13 experts because for one, it's not fair to them. For two, it's not you know, doesn't make me feel any good or doesn't make me have any fun or anything. I just go do my full laps, you know, by myself. So, you know, if, if you have a track that has enough riders and, you know, you can force those riders to all say, nope, there's no practice and you can only race, then that's really great. But if you don't, and you have tracks like here in Oregon and Washington where, well, at least in Oregon, myself and two other guys are the only 3640 experts in the entire state. It's not very fun. So, um, let's see, Dustin Golden, who should be on a plane flying to Tulsa right now to go build the USA BMX Grand Nationals track, chimed in, said, look at that sexy banner in the background. No, that's not. It's the only banner I have at the moment. I need to get a Northwest Exposure banner. So if you want to donate $60 or $40 to get me a Northwest Exposure banner that I could put up behind me, if anybody wants to donate that, I will immediately go and order the banner and get that going. But as of right now, we're just doing some t-shirts, 15 bucks a pop. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to call in, 503-BMX-1234. Uh, I feel like, you know, we've been going for two hours now, but 
if there's anybody else out there who wants to chime in, hit a message. Um, I, I will say, let's uh, since nobody's chiming in right now, I'll kind of go over some main bullet points, if I can remember them all. Um, you know, a lot of our goal today was coming up with ideas and ways that uh, will help the West Coast not continue, continuously spiral down into, you know, maybe only one national in Oregon and one national in California. Um, let's see, real quick, Nick Valencia writes, Dustin needs to move that pro set one, one straight earlier. Give me a chance. Yeah, probably, yeah. So he's saying, because the pro set, the pro side is going to be on third straight at Grands this year. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Washington has no nationals. Canada will probably get five. But to get all those scores, you have to match them with an entry at a U.S. national. So you have to still hit more nationals in the U.S. where if you're from the Northwest or NorCal, that gets you know pretty difficult pretty quickly. Uh, one of the things we talked about is possibly turning Redmond into a three-day national. I really just, you know, if anybody at USA BMX is listening or watching this, you know, I really just don't understand why it's not. Um, you know, I went through some facts earlier. There's three nationals on the West Coast or Western section of the country that have three-day nationals. There's five in the East and then three in the Midwest. Um, not really sure why we don't have more. Um, I think Washington, or sorry, Oregon, Redmond would be a perfect place to have that three-day national. Um, hell, all three of them, the whole West Coast should probably all be three-day nationals. It might actually, you know, work, and, and people might actually be able to make the national scene work for them this year if you're living in the West Coast. So please, maybe just consider that. It's not something that would change your scheduling too much. It's not something that would change your payouts or anything like that. It's something that'd be really easy. You you know, you wouldn't have to deal with city stuff at all. Please, it would be, be really helpful. Um, let's see, Nick Valencia writes really quick. The only reason I could think why Redmond is not, when does that little camping expo end? Mm, good point. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, let's see, Rocky Manning writes, that would be great. And then, and then yeah, Nick Valencia writes, and doesn't it end like right before... The race on, I'm guessing he's talking about on Friday, uh, which is possible, which is possible. But I don't, honestly, like, after going there all these years, I I forget that that expo, the, the RV expo and stuff is always going on. And I never really notice any kind of traffic or any kind of weirdness going on between the two events going on. So I would hope it wouldn't, you know, play in any effect. But now, that being said, if it did, there's no reason that... Santa Clara shouldn't be at three-day, or um, the other one, Bakersfield. I mean, they should just both be three days. With only having three nationals on the West Coast, those should be three-day nationals. Vegas is a, Both Vegases are three-day nationals, and Utah are three-day nationals. And not everybody can make it to Utah. Utah is kind of far out there for a lot of people, so, and whatnot. Um, let's see, Harold Red said, yes, three days for Redmond would be good. Let's see, Nick Valencia writes, it's a it is big from what I've heard. That's the only thing I could think of. Let me Google. <laughs> Google it, Nick. Um, so a few more points that we kind of hit on earlier that could possibly help um, is, you know, your your local programs, trying to grow your local programs and whatnot is really important. 
Um, you know, and, and I think every area is different. Um, some places, some people have really good luck with going into boys and girls clubs or going into schools. Some places have good luck with just word of mouth. Some places create such a good environment that it just brings people in. Uh, you know, there's so many different ways to skin the cat, but um, making sure you do it is the thing and whatnot. I know, uh, you know, I know when I ran the track in Salem, we didn't, we focused on making great events and whatnot. And then we had, we were part of um, the Oregon State Fair every year. And so every summer, people could come race BMX during the Oregon State Fair for five bucks. Um, it was amazing. It was great. We had huge success with it, but we were on the fairgrounds, and not everybody has that opportunity and whatnot. But that was our way of, you know, creating a big environment and whatnot. And I think, but you got to find your niche. I mean, and like I said, every area is different. PI is doing cool things like two-lap races on Sunday, getting ready for, war, you know, getting ready for grands. Uh, they're always doing, you know, they did a flat pedal race only the other day on Friday night. So always doing something fun. And they even did some slalom thing down the first straight. Um, but you got, you know, track operators, unfortunately, it's all up to you. You know, it just is. Um, see, Jeremy Bushnell writes, even with the expo going on, we are already there Friday, making it a three day. Wouldn't add hundreds of riders to make it much different, which is true. Uh, most of us are there. Uh, Zach Schnell writes, need to change the age groups to UCI age groups. And this says, it's a good point. Um, if we were going to be reliant on UCI forever, which I hope we're not, I hope fucking, or sorry, <laughs> told you guys not to cuss this word, but, uh, I hope UCI just doesn't stick around. Um, I hope they just say, you guys aren't doing enough for us. We're not making enough money on you and they go away. Um, but yeah, so going back to some of our main points, um, there's still 27 nationals this year. We lost two on the West Coast. Um, then, you know, the mid-central U.S. gained one national and the uh, East Coast gained two, gained one national as well. Um, so, you know, the two we lost just went to midwest and back east which is a bummer and again we're not here trying to tell usa bmx horrible things we're just trying to figure out ways to bring those nationals back slash create something bigger here on the west coast so um <laughs> chase and tyndall yeah the ucif bomb it happens from time to time um I don't know, man. I think we went for two hours. We got some good stuff out of it. Um, I hope it helps. I hope it does something other than maybe the only thing it does is created a central platform for people to voice their opinion rather than being all over the board and, you know, cussing and swearing and telling USA BMX how horrible they are. And, you know, in this sense, we're trying to do something a little more constructive and, and hopefully create the west coast how it used to be big and not just let it keep going down in a big spiral um real quick zach schnell writes shell writes also is there no fall nationals next year or are the they going to announce it later in the year no there are um so 2019 schedule um oh sorry no there are no fall nationals you're right yeah just no there's no fall nationals next year 
Um, it goes Sunshine and then Lone Star in October, which I made kind of a funny joke on a Rusty Dial's Facebook of, really, we're going to Texas in October, the end of October? I think the weather's going to suck. <laughs> um, but they also said it could rain, it could not, it could be cold, it could be hot. There's really no telling. Um, so that's the end of the year national. So yeah, the um, yeah we don't have a fall national anymore. Um, there's no end of the season West Coast race. If you are racing your last freaking race on the West Coast, western half of the country, it's going to be Santa Clara Powell at the Summer Nationals in August. Um, so that really sucks, actually, now that you really, like, I'm glad you pointed that out, Zach, because I just realized more of how this national schedule is bad for next year of um, August, September, or sorry, August 16th through 18th, it's in Santa Clara Powell, which is awesome. And then you go to Kentucky, um, Maryland, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma. So the last national of the year for the West Coast, Western part of the country is in the summer, which is really sad. That's a whole new point that I did not see before. Um, that's a bummer. That's just really sad because all these guys on the West Coast aren't going to get to race a national to get themselves mentally ready for grands, which is very, very important. Um, yeah, that fall nationals, that last little leg national is hugely important to uh, get yourselves ready, you know, mentally for the grands. Um, it's that last chance to see where you're at with everybody and see what you got to do with your training and change your training and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, if you need to be on the bike more, if you just need needed that extra little boost of confidence from that national, um, that's really a bummer. That's really a bummer. Depressing, to be honest. Um, let's see. Dustin said, Adam and I are buying you a SAPMX. <laughs> oh, yeah. The money that just it flies out of my butt as much as I poop. Yeah. Um, let's see. Count me in as a silent partner from Sunny Harmison. Uh, send your PayPal account email to Dustin. And, uh, yeah, he'll buy it. Um, there we go. Let's see, Jason Sievert writes, so I guess my question would be, is USA BMX engaged with this town hall meeting for one, and is it a possibility that they would actually open the communication line with you and others to help create a better national schedule, or will it be just another typical season after 2019 and 2020 and beyond in the future? So Jim, that's what I'm hoping for. So in the very beginning, I talked about how Myself and many others would post the national schedule and post a map and just be totally upset and disgusted with it. And it did seem to go on deaf ears. Um, my hope is that, yeah, that maybe if we show on the West Coast to the ABA that we're going to stand together, we're going to get together, we're going to say, no, this is this is not what we deserve. We deserve better than this. And we will show you that we deserve better than this. And we'll create something better here to come back to Then yes, now USA BMX does know. I tagged them in the entry line. They actually liked the post that I originally posted saying that I was going to do this. Um, so I'm sure they'll listen. I don't know who exactly at USA BMX will listen or watch it. Uh, I'm sure somebody will. And that's great. And that's what my hope was. Uh, rather than, like I said, 500, 1,000 posts from everybody saying how this sucks or that sucks and how they're pissed off about this. And I hope that we can like I said, show them that we can come together and create something good again here on the West Coast and do something 
better for these riders and these these athletes and not let the sport die on the West Coast and in the Northwest. Um, let's see. So Nick Valencia writes, NorCal State Finals will offer nag points. Tell your friends. You hear that? No, he's kidding. It's a joke. Um, but right? Seriously? <laughs> Uh, Mike Ryan writes, I thought Lemoore hosted an awesome fall national this year. I'm a little biased since it is our home track. And I agree. I'm sure they did. Uh, I didn't get to go, um, but I'm sure they did. I'm sure it was awesome. It looked amazing. That track looks amazing. I saw an overview of the whole facility, and it's a large facility with plenty of room for everybody. And, um, yeah, it's pretty depressing that we're not going back to Lemoore for the fall national. It should have still just been there. Um, you know, and, and again, unfortunately it's going, you know, that weekend is going to Lone Star, Texas because that track isn't built yet. It probably won't get done until midsummer. Um, and then they're hosting the worlds on it the following year. And this is one of those other moments where the UCI is controlling all of our destinies, which I'm not happy with. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Nothing we can change with that at the moment. Um, other than, you know, don't go to UCI events. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was just about to say goodbye, but Dave Archibald is calling right now. All right. Welcome to the show. Dave Archibald is on the line. I was just about to say goodbye to everybody, but I will answer the phone for Archie. What's up, Dave? Not much. Just hanging out. Hanging out? Just coming across your little thing here. Yeah. And I go on Facebook much, so I don't really know what's going on all the time. So, but I do know about the schedule. I found out about last night. Yep. So, <clears throat> seems like everybody's a little disappointed. Yeah, definitely. So, I'm mean, like, to get a point, you know, obviously your two nationals down from last year. Yep. Concerning Which... the Washington national, what I would say is, I think it was just the timing that these last nationals in Washington's killed it. You know, and you yeah. run the national in August in Spokane, right up against you know, after the world championships, it really cut the rider count down. It did. It definitely did. And then you run the state championships a couple weeks after that and the gold cup final, you know, three weeks after that, you know, I think that's really just hurt the national Washington for the last, you know, at least three years or more. Yep. That's very true. So I'll just kind of like go into that a little more. So, um, you know, one of the big things we kept hearing from, from racers as well as ABA and whatnot is that, couple of last Northwest Nationals um, being in Washington have gotten really low moto counts, and that's a really good point. Um, they're either A, after Worlds, B, right up against, you know, right next to Gold Cup Qualifier or Gold Cup Finals, and this and that, and they're always at the end of the season, and um, which is kind of a bummer because a lot of people have their scores in, especially on a 27 national schedule. You're the last of, you know, last five of them. Those nationals are going to be lower in rider count, and um, that could be something, you know, hopefully maybe USA BMX can look at one day is maybe dropping some of these nationals and having less of them to where, you know, and I always well, say, say it on locals, but... I mean, you got Spokane, that was right against the world, okay? Yeah. And top-notch facility. I mean, you can't say anything about the track and the facility, top-notch. I mean, you go back to Richland on the last couple nationals there, the last one they had there, as I can remember... About what three years ago they ran a national in North Carolina the same weekend. You run it in the in, in the later part of September, you know. Um, you know, uh, same with uh, um, you know uh, Sumner as far as concerned. There they run the first national on the Fourth of July, you know, on, a, on you know which is a little earlier. On a, they run a three day race, which sounds to be great, but they run a national on the East Coast on the same same weekend. Yeah. 
And then the people that came from up there and they raced at national, the track wasn't as good as it was this last time. And, um, you know, people were kind of pissed because it wasn't asphalt turns and it wasn't, you know, to the level of the nationals everywhere else. Yeah. So people were like, Hey, I'm not coming back, you know, even though it was like kind of cool as old school racing and all, but yeah, you know, it's kind of like when you're used to racing on a certain level, now all of a sudden you go back, it's just like, and I know the local, local people were kind of like, well, dude, what's up? You know, people were pissed. It's like, I thought it was kind of cool. It's like, well, you know, I spent 1500 bucks to come here, dude, and, you know, my kid was winning the main and he slid out in the corner because of, you know, some loose dirt, you yeah. know what I mean, or a pothole that disappeared, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I, it's not cool, you know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. I can understand, you know, both sides of it, you know what I mean? It's like, granted, I've grown up racing that kind of stuff, but if I was, you know, flown across the country to Louisiana or someplace and it happened to me, I'd be pretty pissed, too, you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, but hey, you know, with that said, you know, they came back and they were, they put a good track for, you know, this last national. And, um, but you know, again, you know, it's like, you know, already, you know, everybody's kind of like bitter from the last time. So, yeah. you know, is that the difference between 25 and 30 motos? Is that a 150 motor race mm-hmm. or 125 motor race now? You know what I mean? Who knows? You know, yeah. but, um, I mean, uh, you know, it's just, you know, another thing about the West Coast here is this Las Vegas race sucks ass. I mean, let's just get right <laughs> down to it. You know? It does. I mean, 100%. I've been there four or five times. I don't know how many times. I've been there a bunch of times. And the only reason that I ever went there is because I was going for national and more amateur and I yep. knew the rider count was there. Yeah, and, and and most of the times I already had all my wins, but I was just spending the money because I knew that you know what there might be twenty five riders, and if I didn't go, you know I'd be losing out on points. And then yep. you know if you don't get lane one, two, or three on probably ninety percent of the of the races, you, you, you're not winning. Yep. You know, and it's just like okay, so you got six nationals on a go kart track. I mean, I don't know <laughs> outside of Kentucky, probably on the East Coast. I mean, what track is really that small? Oh no, you know what I mean. So yeah, we got six nationals in, in Las Vegas. But reality is, you know, the track is not the part of anywhere in the country. No, no. You know what I mean? So, no. so who cares? Who cares if they got a bar at the facility yep. that I can drink at and watch <laughs> my kids race? Exactly. You know what I, I mean? Know. It's like, it's, again, something. you know, if you're, if you're racing these nationals, you're spending probably $1,500 on average $1,000. I spend yep. an average $1,000 a weekend yep. racing on my own. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I don't have kids and my wife doesn't typically go. Yeah. No, exactly. Like those, those yeah. Vegas Nationals, man. I, and that is one of those moments where that was purely for money. Vegas was gonna fork over. I was, I was literally there during the dinner when the chief of USA BMX was like, "Hey, what do you guys think about coming here twice?" And and Reno only once. And all of us track builders, all of us racers, we were like, no, please, no, this is, that's horrible. Like, it's a novelty thing, come here once, and it's kind of fun for a lot of parents, but we can't be coming here twice, we can't rely on this venue, but in the end, South Point and Vegas forked up a lot of dough, and that's where we're going, and it does suck, and the only thing that can ever change that, and this is where, and I've talked about this before on other stuff, is... And I, and I haven't gone back to Vegas since I've talked about this on other stuff, on other posts and stuff. But the only way we can ever change this is to stop going to Vegas. Um, just stop going. Like, don't put it on your national schedule. If you don't want to race Vegas and you don't think it's worthy of a track to race and you don't want to spend $1,000 to go race 20-second laps, don't go to Vegas. It's just so mind-numbing how – I mean, I feel like we're just sheep just being like, okay, I guess that's where we're going to go. And it's just mind numbing. We're just sheep, yeah. and it's. Sad. I mean, I can see, I can see you going one time. You know, yeah. And maybe it's the January race. You know, I understand it. Yeah. You know, the argument, the other argument, everybody's like, oh my god, we can't race during the summertime. It's too hot. 
Yeah. Give me a break, dude. You're right. Hey, most people don't even ride more than three laps now in the national. They don't hardly have quarter semis anymore. Yeah, no. Okay? You sit. People play football all day, all day long. Yep. They play baseball and soccer all day long in hot weather all over the country. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, just because we got a helmet on and we're riding a bicycle, all of a sudden, anything above 90 degrees, everybody's like panicking. It's too hot. Yeah, yep. we're racing in the, you know, head back east coast. I'm racing all kinds of places back east where it was so hot and so humid, I could hardly even stand being outside, more or less being on my in my uniform riding around the track. I don't hear anybody complaining about those races. No, but yeah. if it's a West Coast race and it's a, <laughs> it's a dry heat, oh, my God, you're going you're, you're gonna to die. It's like, yeah. Hey, dude, it's your responsibility to water up and, and put nutrition in your body and be prepared. If you want to be a nag rider, be national number one, you should be already thinking of that ahead of the game instead of worrying about exactly. the conditions around you. Exactly. I you know, know it's like, I mean, it's, you get a lot of excuses from a lot of people in different ways, and it's just like, you know what? Hey, I mean, yeah. you got to prepare. I mean, I've been to races where it's been, I've been, I've been to Redmond, Oregon, where it was five degrees outside, okay? You still had to prepare. Even though we were racing inside, <laughs> you still yeah. have to deal with the elements outside going in and out of the facility. Yep. You know, I mean, so, I mean, it's disappointing because I was looking at the schedule and I'm, and I'm pondering about coming back next year, you know, yeah. putting back the season. I've been gone for a couple of years and I was con- pondering about coming back and doing one more one more year, going forward at 50 and coming back and trying to get an ag one. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll just do, and I was looking at the schedule before it came back and I'll just do straight West Coast, okay? Yeah. Not going back east. I don't have the time to take the vacation. And it's like, and I figured, hey, I'll do the LA, California, whatever. And But in my comeback schedule, I was not going to come to, come to Vegas. Well, <laughs> you took Washington on the way, and yep. now you took California out of the way in the fall. Yeah. So, <laughs> realistically, you know, it's like I, I could probably pull it off if I don't go. But it's like I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at probably a possibility of, you know, maybe 15 scores. I mean, I got to win every other race. Yeah. Have a chance to get an ag one, which yep. you know, for anybody, that's that's quite a, quite a tall task. I ran the numbers today. If you wanted to be, if you wanted to be nag or an amateur number one cruiser last this year. Um, if you just raced, if I would have raced, which I didn't this year, um, if I would have raced Vegas in January and Vegas in July and raced Oregon, that's just eight main events right there. Yeah. And I won all of those. That would, that would put me number three amateur and I'd be 11 points out of amateur number one. <laughs> we'll just say some crazy thing. You show up at those eight races and you win and then you somehow win the grand and you're amateur number one. Yeah. And you did it, at, you know, at a little two, at a, at a go-kart track and one that wasn't much bigger and, yep. and then the grands of the grands. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. oh, really? That's a joke. You, sh- you should have to do it, you know, on these big outdoor tracks, yep. you know, and, and with, with, with the, with the better quality of, of riders and everything else, not relying on, Hey, you know what, dude, I got the whole shot because I got lane one, you know, in Las Vegas fucking four times out of six mains. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and, and the other mains, you know, I was in third, but everybody crashed in the first turn. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, hey, Reno's Reno. I don't know what happened there. I'm not in the politics of things, you know what I mean? Obviously, there's money involved and whatever, you know. I mean, Reno was just, I mean, you, could, you couldn't beat Reno. You no, know? you couldn't. Like, yeah. And, um, I mean, nothing against Oregon. I think that's a good facility, you know. But, I mean, again, like you were saying a minute ago, why can't that be a three-day race? So, exactly. if you're going to eliminate the races, why isn't California a three-day race yep. in August? Why isn't, you know, I mean, Salt Lake City is a three-day race. Okay, great. But, yeah. I mean, you want to cut some races out and make them three-day races, you know. It's yep. like, you know, but... um. Yeah, but on the same hand, you know, on the same hand with this schedule like it is, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, because I've done it. You know, sometimes you got to cha- sometimes you got to change, you got to challenge, you got to uh, move out of your region. If that means that your region is Washington, California, Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, and Utah, well, you know, you might have to go out to the Midwest. You know, you might have to make a venture out to well, you know, Kentucky or one of those other I mean, places. You, know? you might have to, and, but so many people can't afford to. 
and that's where they're going to lose people. And then, unfortunately, we're just going to lose people, which then we lose more nationals on the West Coast, where that's why I feel like this downward spiral, spiral just keeps continuing is, uh, you know, because, it, you know, it is, it's, it's expensive. You just can't get out there, you know, and whatnot. I know for me to fly out of Medford, because it's Medford, Oregon, anywhere outside of California, Oregon, and Washington is $600 every time. Yeah. Every single time. And it's like, dude, it's so expensive. So, um, one thing that Nick Valencia wrote is, and I, and I was always really curious about this too and why it didn't happen, but, um, you know, the legitimately why isn't Reno coming back with Interbike being in Reno now and why didn't it, you know, combine together and Reno and Interbike were at the same time and this big event could happen and, and whatnot. And it just didn't happen. I don't know why it didn't happen, but Man, that would be amazing if it did happen again. Or, you know, and then that was the way that uh, Reno came back is that it linked in with Interbike. I think it would be amazing for the sport yeah. and everything. So, yeah. um, I mean, I get, I, get, I get the National of Texas in the fall. What they're doing is they're pushing everybody saying, hey, look, what we're going to do is we're going to pull the Europeans and all the foreigners yep. here because they all want to come over and try the track out for the World Championships. Yeah. And, you know, what? if you're a foreigner for coming to one of these countries, I just raced this guy last month in California from France. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, they had a whole a whole crew of people, and they were here for. They're going to be here for like the next month, and they're they're going to race the world. I mean, the grands too. Yeah. And it's like so here you're probably going to get a bunch of country foreigners going to come over, and they're going to spend thirty days here in the United States, and they're going to race Texas, get the practice on the track towards next year, and they're going to be as a, as a you know they're going to might as well race the grands too. You know what I mean? And it's like so it's going to be a bam deal for them for the ADA, yeah. and that race is going to boost. You know you're going to get all the Americans to go. Everybody's going to be eager to ride that track. And then if you need scores at the end of the year, you're going to, you're going to, you're forced to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, Houston, Texas in October, yeah, the weather's probably pretty decent. But you know what? A hurricane could be coming through there also. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so, true. Um, Good point. But you know what? Hey, you know, you could have pushed one weekend. You could, you could have pushed one weekend that month of October. I know the Canadian Grands is the beginning of the month. You know what I mean? But you could have, you could have pushed the last weekend of September, oh, made yeah. something work, and had at least a West Coast race. I mean, yeah. that's. You're, you're talking ninety. You're talking ninety plus days from from yeah. from uh, the California National to the Grands, and and you know that that's that's probably the really most dis, disservice the ABA is doing to the West Coast. It's not that we we lost two races. It's the fact that you're that you're making us travel, or most people travel quite the distance to even get one more race in. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like I think the West Coast is deserving, whether it be in California, Washington, Oregon, or even if it was Arizona again. You know something. You know say hey. Here's your last race of the season. Get ready. You know what I mean. And um, you know they could. You know what? You could have done it like this. You could have butted right up against Florida. You could have oh, said, yeah. "Hey, we got the West Coast. I think same they weekend did. as Florida. They, they have been and there's past, your shot. I believe. Yeah. You know, each East Coast got. You know what? And and then the, and then the Texas race was stood on its own. If you yeah. wanted one more score, everybody from the East Coast got to go to Texas. Everybody from the West got to go yeah. to Texas. You know what I mean? And not that I would probably do that now going forward, but I mean. I mean, five years ago, ten years ago, I'd be all over Texas. You know, there's no way I'd, I'd be like, dude, I'm there. And I'm yeah, going yeah. that way. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think they rely on a lot of people like myself in the past that would do that kind of thing. And it's like, but, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, it is what it is. But, you know, going forward, you know, if you really want to be a nag rider out of Washington, you, you, you need you, you need to start preparing yourself, not, you know, come like, I hear a lot of people in, in this area say, yeah, I'm just going to go to the race in January and see where I'm at. And it's like, <laughs> I always told myself that I didn't want to see where I was at in January. I needed to be winning in January. Yeah. Yeah. So that meant a lot of training in the wintertime in December, 
on the cold weather, you know, just I had to be ready to win in January. I mean, and so now you're even forced more on the West Coast. You, you got to be ready to win right off the top. There, there is yeah. no more, hey, I got a couple races to warm up and see where I'm at. And it's just like, you, you have to be prepared. So your, your season starts not only in, you know, November because you're going to the Grands, but it, it's running right through December. And, you know, you just got to be like, hey, I have only yeah. so many options. Like I said, right now, if I look at the schedule, you know, I mean, I got to win every other race. You know what yeah. I mean? So if I win on Saturday, if I if I win on Saturday, I get win on Sunday. Yep. Every weekend I go to to have a chance to have eight wins or seven wins in a second. You know. Yeah. And um, you know, so I mean, I don't know. I haven't just totally completely decided if I'm I'm going to come back. My wife is completely against it. Um, you know, so she's <laughs> it's not worth the money. And I see her point. I do not believe it's worth the money. No. But and deep inside of me, the the racer in me wants to do it. It's like. I mean, I the benefits of me getting, you know, going for another plate. I mean, I'm in a different position than a lot of people. I, I've won every number of plates you can win, but um, I can see for somebody that hasn't had a nag plate or hasn't had a, their their first nag one or the second nag one or whatever, why they would like to do it. Money is no no question. You know what I mean? But yeah. Um, but when the cards are stacking against kind of weight lux, you know, it's like you really got to focus in it. So it's just, you know, it's it's disappointing, but you know, hey, you know, um. You know, you might have to, it costs money to be good, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you calling. Um, thanks for coming on. If you want to stay on for a few more minutes, I got a couple more uh, comments to get through really quick. Um, All right. Yeah, so uh, this, you know, Nick Valencia said, hey, you to actually to Dustin Golden, who, who's my brother in law, uh, said that you could get Reno back with Interbike, and we kind of spoke on that a little bit. And then Dustin writes, I'm just a shovel jockey. No one listens to me. And, and man, Dustin, if you're still listening, you're not just a shovel jockey. They do listen, and they should listen, because you've been. Uh, Dustin's been doing the national scene with uh, building all the national tracks since. I think we were figuring it out the other night since 2007 or 2006. Yeah, 2006 or 2004, even I can't remember now. But been doing it for a long time. Worked for USA BMX for a long time, and uh, you are from the Northwest, and they might listen, and at least try. <laughs> Um, Matt Britton writes, thank you for doing this, Adam. I hope they understand how the Northwest feels about the loss of our nationals in the last few weeks. We have lost or last few years, sorry, last few years. We've lost high mile or mile high blackjack and now lumberjack. It's a bummer. I feel this decision will affect overall rider count and rider retention in the Northwest in a negative way. Uh, I do totally agree with you. And I actually forgot about mile high, another national that was kind of on that Western part of the country, um, that's gone and, uh, yeah. And I, and which really shocks me cause those guys have an amazing program in Colorado and they get tons of riders out there. And, uh, yeah, very disappointing to see that they did not, or, you know, that they're still off the national schedule. Um, Nick Valencia writes for the record, August dates were given to us at Powell at Santa Clara Powell. We did not choose them. So he's saying that, uh, you know, he probably would have liked a, long, a further out date um, or maybe an earlier summer date. I don't know which, but those dates were chosen for Santa Clara from USA BMX. Uh, Rasheen Hicks writes, Pal in October would have been prime. And he's right. It probably would have been. Um, it's, you know, and, and also, I, I, I don't know, August, is it hot? <laughs> is it hot in Santa Clara in August? I think it would be hot. It's hot up here, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, Brandon Benoz wrote... Lost Land Lakes as well. Yeah, but they also got more over there. Um, although not on the West. Yeah. So, anyways, 
Um, other than that, I think that's about all I got. Um, you want to add anything else there, Archie? Well, no, it's just, you know, like I said, I mean, I can understand where it's just like, it's disappointing, but you know what? I mean, there's, like I said, again, if, if we were probably not racing in Vegas and then on a dinky little track and you had six more opportunities on racing on a track, that was, you know, outside or, yeah. or like even it was like a Reno type facility, you know what I mean? I think it would just, the, the pain would be so bad because you're actually racing on a real track, yeah. you know what I mean? So, I mean, um, you know, it's just like, I get the moto count, you know what I mean? If I get the money, I get who's paying and this and that, and I get all that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like, like I said, I think the last three times I went to that race was only because I was sponsored, you know, I was on a factory team and it was just like, and then on the, on the backside of it, it was like, you know what, if I don't go when there was 25 riders and I, and I missed the opportunity of getting some rider count, I would have been kicking myself, you know what I mean? But yeah. as far as pure enjoyment goes, I mean, I never enjoyed that race. No, and um, and I, I you know, and I never, and I, and I never even, I never even stayed at the facility on top of it. I stayed oh, down really? the street at a cheap hotel. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I mean, you know what I mean. So I was like, I never even enjoyed all. I mean, I don't think I even drank a beer in that bar, you know. Yeah. So, but I mean, but I get the, I get, I get the allure of that, you know, that it's Las Vegas and the whole thing, you know what I mean. But yeah. I mean, how I raced in Las Vegas in September before 106 degrees on a really yeah. crappy track, yeah. you know, and had just a good time, you know, mm-hmm. um, back in the day. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I was so, I was there too, man. I mean, I was there too. Um, you know, I've also I've also raced a full national in uh, uh, Black Mountain before in in late October, and that was pretty awesome too. You know, maybe it wasn't 100 degrees, but it might have been 90. But you know, it was you know yeah. it was a great great facility, and you're riding a wide open track. I mean, especially with people up here in the Northwest, right? Right now, everybody around here is riding a six hundred foot track. Yeah. You know, this may give you an opportunity to go out and see, hey, where's your where's your fitness right now? You're riding on a you know a, a full on twelve hundred foot track. Yep. And you're like, hey, wait a minute, you know, I'm a little down on fitness, dude. You know, I need to get on my downhill sprints. You know, I I, I need I need to go to the football field and do do my two twenty sprints. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, but you know, you think you're already, you know, because your last time you raced was August outside of some locals. You know what I mean? And maybe you don't have everybody in your group that's pushing you, so you don't really know. And now you show up at the grands and you're up for the title, and it's like, dude, you know, I'm like I'm I'm like pretty fast around the three quarters of the track, but the last, you know, around two, three hundred feet, you know, I'm kinda of yeah. lacking a little bit. You know, yeah. I mean my, my my training wasn't where it was supposed to be because and you didn't know because why? Because you haven't you, you didn't get the opportunity to race on a real yeah. track. Like right now you could have raced in California yeah. you know, three weeks ago. Exactly. And got an eye opening, you know what I mean? I yeah. I have a com I have somebody in my class, I really mentioned the name, but I think you got an eye opening yeah. You know, on on what's going on, and uh, I assume that that person that he just probably checked himself and put a little bit more, a little more notch in his training program because he knows it's like, wow, yep. as good as I thought I was, all of a sudden somebody's right here in my face. You know what I exactly. mean? It's like, but without that race, he might have thought he was fine and going to the grands, and all of a sudden get blindsided. You exactly. know what I mean? It's like, you know, I mean, ninety days is a long time, and BMX most people can't even oh, train yeah. more than seven days. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and Very you're trying true. to tell people to train for ninety days. You know what I mean? It's like, and, <laughs> And, um, yep. you know, it's exactly. really, especially when the weather changes. I mean, like a day like today, it was very nice outside around here, Yeah. you know, but, um, I mean, I didn't train today cause I'm not, I'm not going to the grounds, you know what I mean? So yeah. a day like today, I would have been out riding my bike, you know what I mean? I would have been sprinting, you know, and yeah, definitely. even if it was raining yeah. and that goes for even anywhere on the West coast, you know? So, yep. but, um, Hey, cool. again, you know what, if you want to be the best, you know, it doesn't matter where you got to go you got to spend the money, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I mean, well, you know, I just, 
And I don't, and I don't think you know, this is don't go, don't, hey, don't go to Vegas and spend fifteen hundred bucks because you're probably going to waste three or four hundred dollars on a bunch of crap in the casino <laughs> anyways, and just fly off. You know, yep. just go to go to some race on the East Coast or in the Midwest. You know, oh, yeah, <laughs> instead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 then you don't have to complain because you get lane seven and got second place because the guy in lane one yeah, got exactly. first. Exactly. You know what I mean? Just stop. You said stop going. Just stop you know? going. Seriously, I mean, like. Go to go to Rockford. I don't. You know what I mean. Yeah. There's plenty of better tracks. You know I mean, I've been out to Michigan so before. I went out to Michigan one time to race and 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 every trip. I'm like, why are you here? You know what I mean. Like, I'm like, because I just thought it'd be cool to come. And you know what? I ended up having rider count in that race. And that year, it ended up getting. I think that year, well, that rider count race was one of my best best scores. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, so. Yeah, it costs money. You know, but. Um, <laughs> well, and, and you know, what we're getting at, though, and you got to understand that. Um, the average racer isn't able slash willing to, you know, invest that much money into learning how the national scene works. Um, when you take out all the nationals from an area, you no longer have the even learning curve on how it all works until you go to Phoenix or California all of a sudden, or Redmond, which is honestly one of the hardest nationals of the year. Um, and I think that's more of the point because, you know, in your, in your stature and your setup, for you, Arch, I mean, yeah, you're you're going out there to be the best, where 95% of the rest of the people are not, and they're still, you know, trying to learn the ins and outs and learn how it all how it all works. And I think, you know, a lot of these people have lost that in that sense, and which does hurt the sport in the Northwest period, especially or Western <clears throat> part of the country. So, um, but anyway, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's just you know, maybe you shouldn't have nagging eleven two twenty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really, you know, I yeah. mean, come on, you know, yeah. NBO NBO only had nag only went up to nag 16 which yeah, i thought was kind of you know that's a little, little, little too much even then you know what yeah. i mean but now you got nag 20 you know what i mean it's like how hard is it to really get nag 20 you know yeah. what i mean it's like maybe you're better off being district number one two or three than being nag 17 you know what i mean which it's is like, i remember being district number one or change, being up for that or for those those top 10 district and it meant something you know yeah. it's like instead of having eight races count towards your nag races you know what make it 20 <laughs> you know you want to rate people to race more race 20 what i mean what's that <laughs> Um, if, you go, if you're doing a 10-month season, what's that? Two races a month? Oh, yeah. Every now, two now, weeks. Now you're getting out there. Hey, hey, that's your gate, that's your gate practice right there that you go to. You, yeah. well, I bet you all, everybody's going to gate practice. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't go to gate practice, right? I mean, I'm sure anybody can tell me around here. I, 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 I bet you in the last 15 years, I've probably showed up gate practice you know, a half a dozen times or less. And I, I'm probably exaggerating. I showed up on race day, and I was raced. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you turn that... You turn those practice days into race days. Now, now the person's racing twenty times a year. They're riding. They're riding full laps against oh, yeah. maybe some fast people. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. They're riding a full lap, which is helping them. You know, yeah. Price ran these tracks up here in the Northwest. We never had practice days. It was race <laughs> days only. And you were signed. If you weren't signed up to race, yeah. you weren't. You weren't on the track. Yeah, and, yeah. and and that's why. That's why in the eighties and the nineties and even in the early two thousands, when Mike program, the Northwest Washington had. Had quite the writer, oh, yeah. the national writers, and, and they weren't nag ten. No, they, these were guys that were going. They were up for the title, and you know they were very competitive writers. Yeah, definitely. And then Mike Wright also also built, built the facilities and the tracks that were pretty challenging. Yeah, that pushed you to be better. You know what I mean? And so definitely. maybe that's something to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah, which actually so, we did talk about earlier. Right. So. Um, but yeah, so well, anyways, hey, good nobody, luck to anybody going to the grounds. You know what? You got two, you got two weeks, you know, <laughs> just get on your sprints right now. Dude. That's all you can do right now. Drop yep. the weights and just sprint, just sprint, sprint down the hill every day. Yep. Sprint, shoot, sprint, shoot, <laughs> you know, whatever. Definitely, <laughs> and definitely. just believe in yourself. Cause you know what? It's only one lap and uh, on, on any given day, anybody can be the best. 
you exactly. gotta believe in yourself. So right now, there's a lot of dreams out there, and if you really put your mind to it, dude, it could be a reality here in two weeks. Exactly. Well, thanks, Arch. I think I appreciate you calling in, buddy. All right, man. Later. Take care. All right, Dave Archibald, classic Archie. Um, I just want to run through the rest of these comments that came in really quick, and then I'll let you guys go for the night. Uh, Jim Sievert wrote, I'm pretty sure the Reno Livestock Events Center and the Convention Authority, wait, pretty sure, ask USA BMX if they would be willing to pay a little bit more in the rent for the facility. And in Vegas at South Point, they were offered the same deal or same amount. And since Vegas is a flashy or city Flashy, flashier city, and they believe the dry would be larger. They opted to Vegas, which is also part of it. Yes, very true. Um, let's see. Sunny Harmison wrote, "They need a national at Arizona Pro Track, AZ Pro Track. Just spent three days there. Now I'm in Denver waiting for my flight. Um, yep, yep. AZ Pro Track's pretty rad. Uh, let's see. Jim Sievert writes, "Thanks for doing this, Adam, and I apologize because I'm voice texting while driving home. That's why I can't quite read everything." I uh, appreciate you for clearing that up. Um, let's see, Jody Jennison, right? USA BMX doesn't pay to use facility. They pay based on moto count. USA BMX doesn't pay to use the facility. They pay based on moto count. Um, I don't know. Maybe you're talking about Reno? Um, okay. Not sure quite what you're saying there, but I'm guessing you're probably correct. Um, Sunny Harmison writes... Oh, for Fall Nationals for AZ Pro Track would be cool. Um, let's see. That's not the case at all. I'm not willing to elaborate, but okay. So Dustin writes to Jody saying that's not the case at all. I'm not willing to elaborate, but it's not based on moto count. And then Jody writes it was when we had ours in Spokane. Um, okay, so Jody must be from Spokane um, and whatnot. So yeah, there are a lot of different things going on out there so maybe things could be cleared up and maybe uh things could work better in the northwest and on the west coast and get more nationals um and get the nationals back i should say and uh whatnot but it's about all i got man i'm wore out my wife just texted me and said when you you should wrap this up we miss you and i do too i hear my baby girl screaming so she's saying daddy miss you uh but uh, I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for all the people that called in. I greatly appreciate it. And I uh, hope this does do something in a positive note. And I hope that it does not fall on deaf ears and whatnot. And even if it does, at least we showed here in the Northwest and on the West Coast that we're going to take a positive action and not a negative action toward USA BMX. And we're going to make this work. And we're going to make this better for the sport and for everybody involved in it. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, be sure to check out all the other podcasts that I've got on Northwest Exposure on SoundCloud.com or iTunes. Uh, also on Tumblr and a bunch of other little things too. Spotify, all that stuff. It's all on there too. Um, so check it all out. We've got a bunch of good podcasts going. Um, hope to hear from you guys soon and take good care. Thank you very much. And uh, I will write real quick. Jeremy writes, thanks for doing this. Thanks for letting me ramble. I can talk and have stories all day. Uh, Dustin Golden writes, great show, Adam. Thanks, buddy. So again, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend, rest of your weekend, and uh, uh, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there tomorrow. And we'll talk to you soon.